Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, Internet? Analytic here, aka Dreams, and I'd like to welcome you to mine, which I call the Notorious Mass Effect Podcast. I'm your hip-hop and gaming news source with a little bit of R&B mixed in. For episode 130, of course, we're going to be getting into the GOAT and his latest release and also have a lot of interesting tidbits to get into simply because it seems like currently it is Drake versus the hip-hop media which is why this episode is titled that but before we get into the episode of course i give you a life update you know and in general life is amazing life is great you know nothing to complain about as far as the podcast i really appreciate y'all who tune in every week as juan pays for 1.9 million total downloads in just 10 months under the new hosting platform red circle for the podcast so with that being said if you want to join the masses make sure to click my link tree in my bio to follow my podcast whatever podcast platform you listen on just go to that specific podcast and make sure to follow and hit the uh bell icon to be notified when i upload because i upload consistently so with that being said also I want to shout out to the people who's supporting over at my social medias, my TikTok, my Twitter, my YouTube. At this point, my social medias are at a certain level where um, I can really see the consistent support and start to see different. um, I want to say viral moments, but impactful moments that are happening on my social media platforms where hip hop discussions are being had. So with that being said, I really appreciate that because that wouldn't be possible without y'all's support. So if you haven't joined, uh, if you haven't followed that, make sure to click my link tree in my bio as I also have my social medias on that link tree and follow either my TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, or follow all three of them. You know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> you know, the more support, the better, as I always try to bring y'all the best content when it comes to uh, hip hop and gaming. So with that being said, a pretty short update. There's not really too much to get into um since i think this is back-to-back weeks while i'm making the episode but of course with the goat dropping this episode had to be made because i'm definitely getting into my overall review of for all the dogs and i think this type of review will definitely be interesting because i have a i have certain things i'm gonna bring up that i don't think i haven't seen anybody touch on so with that being said of course this is also a gaming podcast we're gonna, so we're going to start with gaming topics then i'm gonna get into my drake review and then we're going to end with like some overall news of gaming in in uh hip-hop so 
Before that, make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of or the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Oh, let me fix that. Oh, it says top and I always fix it to bottom. Here we go. Also, make sure to share this podcast rating the show five stars on whatever platform you're listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. And with that being said, let's get into the first topic of episode 130, which is unfortunately 2K24 and how they still have my brothers and sisters in the shackles of VC. And with that being said, let's get right into it. All right, first off, who was playing NBA 2K24 on PC? Because let me tell y'all something. 2K does not like y'all. The whole PC fandom, player base, whatever you want to call it, 2K hates y'all with a passion. And let me tell you why. So basically, there's a system that's called the anti-cheat system. And there's a more specific way to call it, but I'm not no nerd tech guy. So all I'm going to call it is the anti-cheat system. And apparently that's very expensive to implement to your game. Just so PC players doesn't cheat, right? Call of Duty has to do it. Um, Really heavy competitive player bases have to do it, right? So with, with 2K, with NBA 2K, they would just rather not deal with that. So they just give y'all the, the bare bones, bare minimum effort. Shout out to Joe Budden. <laughs> but basically the bare minimum is what they do on every single PC port for NBA 2K. Because technically PC got to a point where they was implementing certain custom shaders and, and things of that nature where 2K was getting outperformed by consumers simply because on PC you can customize and, and mod you can customize and mod certain things into the game and around the game. So they was making an entire mode, right, based on their capabilities. For example, 2K, PC, uh, 2K on PC, I forget which 2K it was, but there was this mode where you can play the 90s edition, the 80s edition, where, you know, you can have Jordan whole class and you can have kareem's whole class uh come into the draft as if you was back in that time and now that blew up so popular on pc first that 2k implemented it into his console editions later down the road so that's just one of the many many examples of pc consumers just outdoing 2k developers so with that being said 2k was like how about this since y'all so much because they was bragging about it right if y'all, since y'all so much better than us at developing our game, we're going to do the bare minimum every single time we release it now for the PC port. And that's what they've done. So with NBA 2K24 being released on September 8th, 2023 on Steam with the bare minimum version, obviously on console, people are enjoying the gameplay. But, you know, there's other things such as VC that they dislike. But for the most part, they say 2K24 is a pretty solid game when it comes to gameplay. So PC has received the short end of the stick simply because of what I just said at the beginning of the segment. So now to, well, as a response to that, it's the lowest rated game on Steam. Like it's the lowest rated game. Like it literally holds the the record for the second lowest rating of all time on Steam. 
<laughs> so with that being said um you can kind of see where i'm coming from when i'm talking about 2k's hate hatred for the for the pc fandom and for the F pc player base because they do not like y'all it's, that's as simple as i can put it <laughs> so the only game worse than 2k24 on steam as far as ratings is overwatch 2 with a slightly lower approval rating now of course people talk about the um the optimization of the game for pc people talk about how it runs people talk about the lack of graphical quality even though pc by far is more enhanced and has more tools in this toolbox to have better graphics right because if you have an updated pc nine times out of ten really ten times out of ten it's going to look better than the console version so pc players are disappointed with the pc version because of the lack of graphical quality uh compared to the features of the ps5 and the xbox series x versions so you can see where also that irritation comes from because they're like we by far have the more advanced i forget what you call it we basically have uh advanced tool set for the pc to have more um graphical capabilities it's like if the ps4 version or not even a ps4 it's like if the playstation 2 version came out and it looked more graphically um enhanced than the ps5 you would get upset right that's simply what the pc players are going through and i understand why they are getting upset with that because at the end of the day if you have more advanced hardware that's the word i was looking for you have more advanced hardware then you would not want um better version graphically or whatever optimize everything in in one on a lesser hardware and then think the fan base of the higher hardware is not going to get upset so now in a result of that nba 2k24 is the lowest rated game on steam right so that being said uh i kind of wanted to get into the review roundup of just, of just the game as a whole because i don't want this to be like a negative uh segment of 2k24 i want this to just be informative and also give my opinion on the overall aspects of 2k24 so this is what we're going to do we're going to get into the review roundup but first i want to get into more of the pc uh reviews right so of course like i said nba 2k24 is the lowest the second lowest rating uh, rated steam game of all time only behind overwatch 2 the PC version is criticized, of course, for being based on last-gen consoles, missing out on a plethora of graphical enhancements. And the game has a whopping 2,800-plus <laughs> negative reviews on Steam compared to 315 positive reviews. So you can say all you want that this is like a witch hunt for 2K, and you're exactly right, because PC players are fed up. So with that being said, uh, let's just get into the overall aspect of 2k24 right so we're going to go over here and this is what we're going to do we're going to go through the people's review of 2k24 this and, and this is definitely risky for, so for my people on live if something happens i'm gonna have to take it down because you know twitter search engine nowadays is <laughs> it ain't called x for no reason anyways let me let me keep going so um the people speak out about nba 24 uh nba 2k24 finger guns is going to egx i don't know who that is but basically he says quote is not welcoming to newcomers and the inspired 
is that supposed to be inspired? I don't know. The practice of MTX is about as subtle as ball to the face. I don't know what that means. Anyways, uh, let's keep going. Somebody says NBA 2K24 reviews made him sad. Uh, I'm thinking of buying 2K24. I need some actual reviews. If we believe in... Oh, no, that's, that's a little different. Oh, uh, NBA 2K24 review... Uh, let me see. Stunning sports game wants you to spin. Oh, okay. So let's, let me let me yeah right here. So PlayStation USA right said stunning sports game wants you to spin, which is an accurate description as far as a review because the only critiques I've seen of 2K24 is that the microtransactions is out of hand. Like it's gotten to a point where it, this is just like what did um what did demarcus cousin say after his playoff uh game or whatever he was like this is this is you know what ridiculous this is just ridiculous and that's how microtransactions has been uh playing out in nba 2k24 because it's like i've played 2k23 and the only reason i didn't play this year because i don't know if y'all noticed but this is like the best year in gaming ever i mean star wars uh spider-man's coming um starfield cyberpunk got fixed uh what else Mario's coming out. Zelda's been out. Uh, Baldur's Gate's been out. What else? It's just so many games. Uh, Armored Core, and these are like game of the. I'm not just talking about some regular game. Hi-Fi Rush, like these are all game of the year quality nominees, right? Of course, for the games who haven't come out yet, you know, it's still the jury is still out. But for the most part, this is the best year in gaming, hands down. Like Elden Ring from last year, I think pushed all these release dates back so they will have their time to, uh, to shine. And boy, are they shining. Cause this year is like, it, <laughs> gaming is, a, is an expensive hobby, but when a bunch of, in a different variety, mind you, of, of game of the year quality games come out, man, <laughs> you, better, you better start budgeting. That's all I know. So anyways, cause I played a bunch of games this year and all of them have been fired. So that's a little side tangent. So getting back into 2K24, the reason why I'm getting to the people's review of 2K24 is simply because, you know, the overall critics is kind of what I focus on for the Steam version. So I kind of want to get into the overall fandom review um, for the other consoles. So my personal review wouldn't hold weight simply because i didn't play the game 2k23 uh, i did play and i thought it was phenomenal as far as in my story i mean even by everybody was like man i'm not trying to sit in the studio with boss and and then go play uh just to play a game but me i thought that was fun like as a hip-hop connoisseur myself i thought that was pretty fire and we got an unreleased j cole verse no matter how you know disrespectful jermaine fans think i am towards their artists or their favorite artists i still believe that that unreleased verse is pretty fire and we only was able to hear that through 2k a lot of people forgot about that but hey if it was drake they went over but that's that's a subject for another day sorry had to throw that uh jermaine diss in there but anyways let's keep going so another person said there's a lot of there's a lot to love about nba 2k24 and point blake you won't find a better sports game on the market well I do agree with the New York Daily News tweet about the you won't find a better sports game on the market because if they're talking about basketball, obviously 2K is the only basketball simulator out there. But if you're talking about Madden, FIFA, all the other sports games, compared to 2K, 2K brings the most innovative features year after year. I know a lot of people be like, oh, it's just the same game. 
you haven't been following 2k but coming from the days of when you had to sit at the free throw line and put the two arrows together to shoot the free throw let's just say we've came a long way and go back in the day of madden to today's madden is is basically the same like i don't think anything has changed from madden 14 all the way up to now but go to 2k 14 come to this game you will see a lot has, has changed in the gameplay so that being said um i agree with that point and that's basically the last one i want to get into so um this game obviously reviewed well on other outlets as far as the review roundup but i just wanted to focus on the people because obviously i could talk about you know corporate opinions but the overall sentiment from player bases console or well not pc but you know xbox or playstation is that 2k24 is a pretty good game when it comes to gameplay mechanics but microtransactions has gotten so out of hand that it's just made it such a cash grab like an obvious cash grab that has upset the fan base so with that being said of course i'm gonna keep playing 2k because i always like to say whenever i cover 2k one day my brothers and sisters will be will free themselves from the shackles of 2k via vc but this edition of 2k which is 2k 24 is not one of them so with that being said click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about nba 2k 24 overall as a game and also what do you think about their cash grab attempts when it comes to vc i'm talking about assassin's creed mirage it's very interesting because let me tell y'all something how does ubisoft afford and keep up the pace of every other year to every year dropping a huge just a humongous map like forget the game as far as each assassin's creed how do they keep putting out games with this humongous map with nothing to do in it like obviously like i said at the end there's nothing to do in the maps but to keep putting out open world after open world game like what do they do are they reusing assets me as a person who's never played assassin's creed i find it very interesting the pace that ubisoft puts out their games and their humongous games like assassin's creed valhalla assassin's creed odyssey like i remember watching somebody play assassin's creed odyssey and i felt like he was playing the game for years and at this point i'm like bro they came out with like two or three other games in that time span i was like ain't no way but anyways for this uh, specific segment we're getting into assassin's creed mirage and if you was wondering about if you should get the game and the happenings in the game or just why you should maybe not get the game this would be the segment for you as we're just going to get into a whole plethora of information when it comes to this game because basically assassin's creed mirage is a new installment of the assassin's creed series right so with that being said it's set and ninth because this is the biggest thing with these assassin's creed storylines they're saying like different locations like like vastly different locations right like um valhalla i believe was like viking territory and, and things like that uh odyssey was like um greek mythology on some god of war type beat um so it, it's vastly different set uh locations for this one it's set in ninth century baghdad and explores the origin story of basim obviously i don't know who that is i don't play assassin's creed but i'm here to give you the information <laughs> so anyways uh ubisoft developed the game of course that should go without saying uh this game released october 5th 2023 one week earlier than initially planned so not only 
are they releasing these humongous games at a rapid pace but with this game they released it a week earlier than initially planned so apparently this game is not as big as the other games because you know they probably heard the feedback about players not um liking the side quests and basically them having ubisoft putting so many boring and and just straight up trash side quests in the game made players upset <laughs> so with that being said mirage is more of a condensed assassin creed so it's available on all platforms ps5 ps4 xbox series x xbox one pc uh ubisoft store and epic game store for those who's on uh um those who's on uh pc i don't even know why i couldn't think of that and um with that being said there's three editions there's a standard edition of course it's 50 dollars deluxe edition that's 60 and collector's edition that's 150. now that's interesting in itself because usually the next gen price is around 70 i believe so usually next gen is 70 so the standard edition if it was next gen would be 70 deluxe would be like 80 or 90 and then the collectors is usually around 150 but that's besides the point because standard edition is 50 so that's not even like regular um old gen price which is 60 it's 50 dollars which you know some people may be like it's still a lot of money but it could be more so <laughs> with the setting of course we already talked about that as ninth century baghdad um the game completion it really uh respects your time this is one of those games where you could play it along with another video game because if you don't know this is one of the best years in gaming i mean tell me another year when we've had mario and zelda in the same year star wars and spider-man the same year um Baldur's gate in the same year which people are saying is one of the best turn-based games of all time if not the best and then um you have games on even on the xbox game pass that's being propped up as a contender for game of the year and hi-fi rush and the game that i think pushed all these games back in Elden ring from software which is their developer they came out with a game this year called armor core and that one is also being propped up as being a game of the year contender so this game well no this year is just one of the best years to be a gamer like for me covering gaming and hip-hop is so hot and cold because with hip-hop we're having one of our worst years statistically and maybe even quality wise depending on who you ask of 2023 but on the flip side gaming is having one of its best years ever and obviously revenue is is through the roof when it comes to gaming because if you don't know the pandemic introduced a lot of people to gaming because you had nothing else to do with your free time so now people spend a lot more time playing video games so with that being said let's keep going with the assassin's creed mirage segment so that be, um so a preview of the game is basically you're doing a lot of stealth um ign obviously this is the video i'm playing as far as gameplay i'm trying to show you elements as while i talk about it and that's basically the, the biggest thing and the funnest thing about uh, Assassin's Creed games is the stealth. And that's like the roots of e that's the root of every single Assassin's Creed. So apparently they do that right. But don't have to just take it from me, a person who haven't played the game. <laughs> Let's take it from actual people who reported on the game and put in some uh, time, some hours in on it. So GameSpot gave it a 6 out of 10, basically saying that Assassin's Creed Mirage is a true prequel to Valhalla, only able to tell in prequel as far as as far as story, not like launch date, of course. Prequel to Valhalla, only able to tell a compelling story uh, for a Basim with the knowledge of what he becomes later in life. 
and then IGN gave this game an 8 out of 10 basically saying Assassin's Creed Mirage takes a lot of important and perfect steps to get back to its roots and though that means as it does no particular thing that hasn't been done before the focus and commitment to a briskly paced missions and stealth heavy exploration scratches an itch that the RPG base entries couldn't reach. Then you get into Game Informer, 8 out of 10, basically saying that concerns about the conclusion aside, I still had a wonderful time in Baghdad, ancient alleys and palaces. Not everything is perfect, but the less is more. Design philosophy goes a lot, a long way to making this one of the most consistently engaging titles within the series for some time. So I'm not going to read all the uh reviews of course because you can see it right here uh if you if you're listening to the audio only edition just know my analytic dreams video on spotify gives you the video along with the audio when this episode comes up so if you want to watch it along with hearing me this is also uh i have the reviews up if you want to read it for yourself so i'm just going to keep that up there while i end this off because it's really not too much to say about assassin's creed mirage um at the end of the day is Assassin's Creed game, they're doing stealth in a immaculate way. Ubisoft is known for their stealth mechanics and the horrible AI. Like I was watching gameplay, right? And this happens a lot, a lot. And I've played a Ubisoft game before, so I kind of know about the uh, Ubisoft AI and the, and the jokes about it. Because no matter what difficulty you put it on, if an AI enemy sees you and you go into a corner, if you go into a corner right in front of them, like if they see you and then you go into a corner, like they will come and they won't even go past that corner and they would just think you just disappeared. They'd be like, oh, well, get them next time. Like what? <laughs> like that is not how that works. Like I remember playing Watch Dogs and Watch Dogs 2. And when I tell you going around the corner was the easiest way to lose the AI enemy, it was just, it, it was befuddling how easy that was. Like usually with regular ai they would just follow you around the corner and then a fight went ensued but with this game it's like hey he went around the corner i don't know what to do now might as well go back to my uh program like <laughs> it's it's so messed up but that's my last critique of assassin's creed as that's my only personal hands-on i've had with the ubisoft game is is in the watchdog series which is so underrated in my opinion but the last game the watchdogs 3 kind of uh kind of hurt the whole underrated appeal because it, it, it was pretty it was pretty bad i ain't gonna lie it, it was one of those where it, it was not it <laughs> so with that being said uh click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about assassin's creed mirage do you think it's fire or trash and if you've played the game what is your favorite gameplay mechanic in assassin's creed mirage so getting into liza p which is out on all platforms, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, NS, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, of course. So, Liza P is one of those games that I was not paying too much attention to because when it comes to video games, if it doesn't have a certain aesthetic, it, it bores me. <laughs> so, like, Elden Ring, they say is like the, not the same as Liza P, but Liza P has a lot of the hard core mechanics of of getting one shot and stuff and things of that nature right but the thing with liza p is it's a very um non-vibrant game if that makes sense i don't know what other word to use to describe it but the amount of gray and just the amount of lack of color i'm like i don't know if i've seen a i've watched somebody play the game i'm like 
how do you it's like a i'm not even trying to be funny it looks like a game that you would play it and at the end you would become depressed because the the colors are just sucked out of the game like i'm pretty sure that had to be like a a narrative type of choice because there's no way you're telling me this type of game everything is just black and gray like i don't understand obviously it probably has something to do with the story but at this point like i don't understand why <laughs> this game looks so just dull like just so lifeless if that makes sense obviously this segment is not going to be bashing liza p i'm just giving my personal opinions based on watching so now let's get into some actual tidbits of people who's actually uh played the game so if you don't know the structure of liza p is basically like an open-ended level so it's not open world basically you can't like go to one map to another it's basically open-ended level structure which is basically semi-open world with backtracking optional quests and hidden loot technically you could call god of war ragnarok semi-open um semi-open world actually no you can't because it's whole maps in each and every level anyways uh so yeah that was that's not right <laughs> combat though combat has a variety of weapons and systems that you can use to build your own playstyle, which is what i've seen be the biggest selling point philosophy the customizable factors and the way that you can fight enemies and the different enemy types you run into because lots of p not gonna lie to you they have some interesting enemy types that i don't think i've seen in any game like the amount of creativity going into the enemy designs and the way you fight each and every person it's very interesting because as far as the world of liza p is very bland and lifeless so whenever you're getting into these enemy archetypes that are full of life and have a lot of personality to each and every one it's very interesting to the point where i think the whole gray and black color scheme is a choice right so anyways uh the weapon variety is a wide range of weapons of course and if you want to know the maps and how they work as far as like different games to compare them to it's kind of interconnected like dark souls so it's a dark souls like game that's why i said at the beginning of the segment i compared it to uh elden ring because you could say oh you play elden ring why do you care about this looking the way it does elden ring was a beautiful game when i tell you elden ring like elden ring had moments where you would look up at the tree and you just be in just a either a tundra or a forest or um just a uh, just a, a beautiful landscape that looks completely magical you know like when you fought the huge flying enemy with like six arms i don't know if that makes sense but basically that looked like something straight out of a movie like literally it was the the moon quest i forget the name i think it was ronnie or whatever but when you was completing that quest to get that certain ending and it was like the moon and you was fighting the final boss and it was like flying around it was like that was the most magical setting i've ever seen in a video game anyways that being said um other thing i can get into the game is basically saying that it's definitely a faster combat system um so don't think it's like super slow like dark Souls. you can cu customize your your uh play style to however you like so don't just think you're stuck to one play style and the game's just going to force you to play that way you can play however you want plethora variety 
so many ways <laughs> to play this game so that's the biggest thing you need to know it's very very uh, customizable when it comes to gameplay and gameplay mechanics so with that being said let's get into some actual review roundups of the video game right so GameSpot gave this an 8 out of 10 basically saying that Liza P is content to adorn exist uh existing mechanics and ideas with its own story and aesthetic this may be derivative this may be a derivative approach but it nails the core souls like experience which with each of its various mechanics seamlessly coalescing to create a thrilling action game that's challenging varied and dripping with atmosphere now that is a bunch of words saying absolutely nothing so we're going to keep going <laughs> we're going to keep going to ign gave this uh game an 8 out of 10 basically saying that liza p might not branch out particularly far from its souls like inspiration but like a marionette controlled by a skilled puppet master it plays the part extremely well in a wonderfully dark fantasy world it must be said that it's uneven difficulty didn't always make me feel like an underdog especially when playing as a brawny overpowered version of pinocchio with a massive weapon in a combat pigeonhole me into a specific play style i don't agree with that because i've seen a lot of different uh play styles so it's saying it pigeonhole and pigeonhole him to a specific play style oh because he had a massive weapon weapon okay that makes sense yeah, if he had a different weapon, the playstyle obviously be different. But all right, so yeah, that's the end of that review. So, anyways, you can see the rest of them right here. And if you can, if you listen to the audio only version, just make sure to come over to Analytic Dreams video on Spotify to uh, listen to and also see the video version along with the audio. So, with that being said, I'm just gonna put the reviews up there, and that really wraps up my whole review philosophy. I mean, obviously, whenever I don't play a game, I'm not gonna give like very strong sentiments of how I feel because I didn't play it, you know? I watched somebody play it and I can talk about that, which is why I talked about the visual aspect of Liza P. But as far as the actual mechanics, how it feels, I would not know because there's certain games you play and you realize that, oh, this character feels weird or this character feels slow or the complete opposite. This character feels fa uh, fast and the mechanics are just super smooth, like an Elden Ring to bring that up once more. But let's say the first Star Wars game. Cal Kestis moved very janky. Like it was very weird the way he moved. But then in Star Wars Jedi Survivor, I think that was the second one. Is that the second one? I think that was the second one. I'm trying to think. Star Wars Jedi Survivor? I think that was I can't I can't think of the original one. Anyways, I can't think of it. But anyways, the sequel to the Star Wars game with Cal Kestis, he was moving in a very smooth fashion and the mechanics was just way more of an upgrade than the first game. Like if you played the first game and didn't like it, the second game is just completely different movement wise and to the point where it's like they just went in and just gave you the complete moveset from the jump. And that's kind of like you wouldn't know that from watching Star Wars 1 to the sequel. But if you play the game, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So that being said, uh, for Liza P, it seems like it's a pretty solid game. Um, but it's definitely a choir taste as it takes a lot of uh, inspiration from Dark Souls. And at the end of the day, there's, there's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from Dark Souls because obviously those are the games that's being championed right now. I mean, Elden Ring, um, Sekiro, 
what else there's other games like that i can't really think of too many games as dark souls as close to that that's basically it but those are both game of the year winners so pretty good list right there to be a part of so anyways uh click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about about lies of p in general and if you play the game what is your favorite gameplay mechanic in it it is time to talk about one of the greatest games of our generation when i say one of the greatest games this game hasn't even been released yet so you already know my anticipation levels are through the roof exponentially higher than most fans because unlike most this made me switch from xbox to playstation now i would say unlike most but i mean playstation is winning the console race so at this point it's like um obviously other people switch but maybe they have other reasons for me it's only specifically because i love the xbox controller that's one of the things i still feel like is better than any playstation controller ever made with that being said spider-man is the reason i switched over because spider-man ps4 made me get a playstation 4 right so when i got a ps5 i was highly anticipating the next edition installment of the spider-man insomniac franchise because the way that they've been telling the story of spider-man has been in a way that not only has been captivating but at this point i can confidently say that this is the best rendition of spider-man we've received story-wise in a long time that's talking about mcu with uh tom holland that's talking about sony with andrew garfield and i know it may hurt some spider-man fans out there some og spider-man fans it's gonna hurt your feelings but it's also talking about the sony rendition of toby mcguire insomniac spider-man is the best story that we've received ever so with that being said this is a video game so all that said all that being said still have to keep in mind that this is a video game so we get to play as the best spider-man rendition ever so spider-man games throughout time has not been the greatest you know we've received some duds as far as the movie installments i mean obviously the toby Maguire spider-man 1 and 2 was phenomenal especially spider-man 2 and i don't think it's as bad as people like to say with the spider-man games over time but it's definitely been subpar and when i say subpar i mean very below the bar but we have received some games in the spider-man franchise that has added to the overall lore and the reason i'm bringing that up is because that's going to factor in, factor into this segment web of shadows edge of time and ultimate spider-man is some of the best games out of spider-man video game history right of course you have spider-man 2 with toby Maguire. i never played that because that was before my time um and if they made a remaster of that game of course i would play it. But at this point i mean there's really no point with spider-man ps4 or ps5 so the games that i did play edge of time and you can swap that out for uh Sh uh, shattered dimensions if you want to but basically those games really all capitalizes off of what spider-man is basically made out of you know and with this game spider-man ps5 it seems like it's going to heavily feature some of the tidbits in those games now i'm not going to spoil the game of course i'm not going to talk about spoilers or whatever and the gameplay i'm showing right now is basically just uh 
gameplay renditions of people playing the game but it's not like it doesn't have spoilers in it it's basically just showcasing how the game plays and nothing like story related so obviously we're gonna stray away from spoilers even though if you want to know about spoilers just know i did cover if you look up spider-man 2 spoilers analytic dreams it should pop up as far as my take on how the story is going to play out because you know with me being a huge spider-man fan i had to dig deep and i had to look for some stuff that is not easily accessible to say the least <laughs> so i may or may not know how the story is going to play out and with that segment it kind of details what how the story is going to play out and people will get information that they probably wouldn't receive on other platforms right and the sources if insomniac is listening the sources that i use for the spoiler uh tidbits that I, I found out was or is completely made up so don't come after me if you hear something that may be on the nose just know hey i made it up <laughs> you know what i mean it's just off the brain off the dome i don't know how i came up with it but hey somehow i found my uh hands on the information or not if you was listening so with that out the way we're just gonna get into some tidbits about spider-man 2 before the game comes out because this is my most anticipated game ever like ever <laughs> like I don't think it has to be said if you've listened to notorious mass effect you should know by now that spider-man is my favorite fictional creation of all time like as a kid i always used to think i was spider-man like way after the power ranger phase wore off spider-man was the one that i was like okay i, I really messed with spider-man like as a as a overall character because the whole balancing your regular life and then the superhero life can it can um can everybody can relate to balancing one thing and another right one thing you're doing well at but something else may be faltering or vice versa that's is the ultimate appeal of spider-man for me the balancing of two lives and each one suffering because of the other everybody can balance that whether it's school and personal life whether it's school and work life whether it's uh, work and personal like it's so interchangeable but the way that spider-man captivates that obviously it's a superhero uh, appeal so you can't really relate to that but you can't say that like you're not balancing something in life like everybody's balancing something and trying to find that middle ground and for spider-man i feel like it really perfectly captures what that looks like so with that being said uh let's get into spider-man 2 so obviously it's one of the biggest games to come out in this generation probably in this console period right so with that being uh i keep saying that <laughs> and uh spider-man ps4 of course was a massive success like the epitome of what a, vi a console seller looks like so like 20 million sales uh 33 million including miles morales um outperform all the other playstation exclusives like god of war uncharted witcher i don't think it outsold uh last of us but that's another discussion for another day so with that be, um the sequel of course is going to perform perform even better because now with receiving so many not bad but mediocre spider-man games it's like when spider-man ps4 was about to come out everybody was still skeptical uh skeptical like it was a whole thing over puddle gate for some reason i don't even know why that was a highlight but for me i still have my doubts because it's like i'm not used to having an open world game like this with spider-man being good you know <laughs> so when spider-man ps4 was actually solid beyond solid amazing probably the best vi spider-man video game ever and for ps5 to be basically playing off of that in a way that makes you 
realize that it's not just a cash grab they're not just using reusing the same assets and putting out a game they're also adding story tidbits and costumes that makes it feel like an addition to spider-man ps4 i mean some of the additions uh gameplay wise is the way you can launch yourself with the uh with the webs which is a playoff of spider-man 2 uh the way that you can use your web wings which i don't think we've ever had that in the spider-man game as far as like using your web wings transversing the environment so that's a new thing entirely and then you have the black suit which that has been in spider-man games before but not used in the way that's used here as far as heavily into the story i mean i guess you can say web of shadows but um web of shadows compared to spider-man ps5 as far as story-wise like i don't even think it's going to be like not even the game hasn't even came out yet and i can already tell you the the story compared to this in the story compared to um web of shadows like i don't even think it's going to be a, a comparison basically because it's balancing so many things you have miles morales along with peter along with the lizard craven along with uh norman osborne the black suit venom i mean it's so many different things of balancing other than the web of shadows that they were just balancing uh spider-man and venom like that's the only thing they was doing right so with this game coming out it, it's coming out and shaping up to be the best spider-man game ever spider-man ps4 was already best spider-man game ever spider-man ps5 is shaping up to perform even better and to just be an overall better rendition of a spider-man video game so that being said of course the game features both peter parker and miles morales as playable characters that's another thing you can swap between the two gta style and um has craven and venom as the main villains uh set to be released october 20th exclusively on playstation uh playstation 5 so for my all my xbox players out there just know that when this game comes out i won't shame you for not having spider-man ps5 i will only just showcase how much of a letdown it is that you don't have the game that's all i'm gonna do you know i ain't gonna rub it into your face i'm just gonna rub it into the wound with that being said uh of course this game is gonna be priced at 70 uh, 70 dollars because if you don't know it's very expensive to make video games like <laughs> I, i've i'm perplexed on how video games have stayed at this price point i'm a consumer so obviously i'm not going to be like oh they need to raise the prices but i do understand why game developers do want certain price hikes in games because if you do look at the open world and especially what you get as far as your bang for your uh, bang for your buck i think gta 5 showed gamers how much you can get just from spending uh, 60 dollars right so whenever it's next gen i mean everything's improved graphically um story-wise loading screen wise of course with the next gen console is like the biggest thing with the ssd the price obviously is it would have to you know it, it's kind of like if you was an owner right you was given a certain product for a certain amount and you upgrade that that product in its entirety wouldn't you raise the price as well and looking from that standpoint i know a lot of people don't want to hear it especially coming from a consumer like me you're probably like how could you 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 switched up you you're uh joining in on on capitalism but if it makes sense then i think they should do it and with the 70 dollars, i don't think it's too egregious of a price price hike i mean look at what netflix is doing and they're not giving you anything in uh return for their price hikes right so for the next gen price tag to, to be ten dollars more only ten dollars more than the old gen 
versions i think that's pretty reasonable so that being said standard edition for spider-man uh, ps5 is 70 deluxe edition will be 80 and the collector's edition will be 230 i did not know that collector's edition i, I wonder if that's coming with the 19 inches because you know hey let me tell y'all something a lot of people want them 19 inches and um Shame on y'all, man. Shame on y'all. Cause $230, that's way too much. I don't care how many inches they're they giving you. Like that's just that's just ridiculous. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you just out of the loop. Cause last time I looked at that tweet talking about the 19 inches, I think that had more engagement than people on the planet. I was like, how in the world? Like if y'all look at that tweet, it's like I think it's almost at a um I'm not even trying to be funny. Hold up. Cause y'all gonna think I'm trying to be funny, but the engagement on the 19 inches, it's like, bro, like are y'all okay like y'all y'all we may need some mental evaluations before we can play this game hold on let me see because venom let me see venom it's just i'm just gonna type in 19 hopefully nothing crazy pops up 19 inches uh, I, can't, I can't believe i'm putting this <laughs> yeah my search bar is crazy right now all right let me see i'm trying to find the original tweet Oh, here we go. PlayStation UK. Oh, uh, no. Somebody quote tweeting that. Okay, so PlayStation. Because I think they was the original tweet. PlayStation UK. Ah, here we go. 94.3 million engagement. Okay, so I was a little... I was exaggerating with the people on the planet. I think... No, I was. I'm, you know... Hey, come on now. I'm, I'm in college. Let me... You know, I can't, I can't be acting that slow. <laughs> All right, so basically the engagement on this tweet is insane 94.3 million like i don't think i've seen that type of engagement ever on a tweet like ever so if you don't even know about the 19 inches when i say 19 inches you just add the loop i'm sorry you just probably not on the internet and it's okay not everybody needs the internet but let's just say that 19 inches is a very sub substantial part of the spider-man 2 rollout at this point after that tweet whoever tweeted that out or whoever was the pr person behind that he should have immediately got a lifetime contract because that is how you market a video game with that being said um so yeah if you want to pay 230 dollars for that 19 inches i mean i've i've you know heard of people paying more for less so you know hey at the end of the day you know it's on you but anyways uh spider-man ps5 of course i keep calling that because i think this is the last spider-man game we're going to get on this console like the way that insomnia games is talking i don't even know if they'll give out a dlc for this so we're going to get the game and then after that like they're going to come out with the wolverine game like they've already started working on wolverine for insomniac like it's uh spider-man 2 is, is gold and gold means when the game is like basically ready to launch so with that being said we had no announcement of dlc or anything which spider-man ps4 going back in time dlc was announced before the game was even, even came out to make you buy the entire edition right which was the city never sleeps edition i believe so with spider-man 2 not even have a dlc announced i don't know if it's because honestly i'm just gonna say it spider-man 2 is going to be the last game on, on ps5 so they're not going to come out with another one until the ps6 comes out and that won't be until like 2026 or something like that which also heightened my anticipation for this game because if you don't know spider-man is going to be a flagship of playstation for them to put so much credence into this game knowing it's going to hold us over until the next console comes out like you already have to imagine the amount of stuff that's going to be happening in this game and no dlc like 
people are saying that the game won't be that long like it will be around the same runtime as spider-man ps4 but we don't know if that's dlc included we don't know if that like okay so basically they're saying 20 to 30 hours would be would suffice for the main story that's how long it would take you to beat the main story but if you do side missions if you go for the platinum trophy of course you'll get into the 40 50 range but that's still a lot of story like 20 to 30 a straight story from insomniac is still a lot because you already know it's going to be a plethora of cutscenes, great performances i mean the guy who's voicing venom i think he voiced like candy man or he voices like a bunch of horror villains so basically they got the best of the best for these characters and the way that the story is going to play out now nah, that's gonna be a spoiler so let's just say dlc may not make sense for this game they're going to give us everything in its initial package so with that being said uh it's really not too much to get into uh oh here are the suits oh let me go back to that here are the suits for pre-ordering yeah here we go so that's another thing i want to talk about i don't know if insomniac got a little uh what's the word i don't know if they got a little arrogant or overconfident i don't know what is the word but ever since they made one of the better spider-man unique outfits ever created with the whole white symbol because even now it still looks great and still looks amazing and you look at the white symbol for spider-man you you think to yourself oh that's the video game insomniac version of spider-man right these costumes that they've uniquely made for the game is not it like maybe i just have to play the game but i mean who thought it would be a good idea to put stone monkey suit in the game like forget the fact that it's for peter right i don't i don't care it's for peter Let, let's let's just stick on the fact stick to the fact that they put stone monkey suit in the game I ain't trying to see nothing, no type of monkey rendition of no suit when Miles Morales is also in the game. Cause I ain't trying to have no type of confusion. Cause you already know people be on that funny tip when it comes to monkey and black people. So we ain't trying to even get close to that conversation. So to put a whole monkey suit in the game, like Spider Man, doesn't make no sense to put monkey suit in the game. Am I tripping? Like, um, Red Spectre, uh, a punk uh, even tactical agmatic like all those make sense right stone monkey like come on man like i don't know who, who put that suit in the game but they need to be fired they need to be fired asap and i'm sorry like that's just i know it's probably one of it's it's probably it, it better be one of peter's suits it better not be one of my suits i bet i say hey it's gonna, be, it's gonna be different levels it's gonna be like when i play mk1 and then it play as a single black person throughout the whole story i'm, I'm gonna go off it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be nice so yeah, whoever made Stone Monkey, y'all need to be fired. I ain't gonna cap to you. So, uh, besides that, other additions to the game, because Spider-Man 2 is, like I said, a complete uh, addition to Spider-Man PS4 and not just a cheap cash grab. Another thing is that they have additional Brooklyn and Queens um, added as far as the map, which is like double the size of the last map in Spider-Man PS4. Uh, there's 60 unlockable suits and side missions and stuff. What else? Preloading for the game starts October 13th and requires approximately 88 gigabytes of storage space. 
release times vary by region with some players having access on the 19th and others on the 20th so with that being said you may have to do what the nba 2k players did when they went to uh i don't know if it was sweden they went somewhere well time wise like they they changed the time on the console so they could get the game early you may have to do that for spider-man and uh by they i mean me i'm, I'm definitely a the earliest i can get my hands on it the better pause but anyways so at the end of the day spider-man 2 is gonna be fantastic it's really not too much i can say about the game at this point besides the story seems immaculate uh the venom design is is top tier like one of the best designs like it it it, it behooves me how spider-man is is such a iconic character and insomniac is somehow finding new ways to keep you invested and captivated into its story like you kind of know the beats that they're going to follow throughout the storyline but the way that they're delivering to you and especially some of the things i heard like it's going to be characters that's not used to being other characters in this game and i'm not going to spoil it but and it's gonna it's gonna blow your mind it's gonna blow your mind to the point where you may have to hit the pause button and just stare at the screen like insomniac has some stuff planned for this game and and, and all i got to say is i i can't wait like i thoroughly am anticipating this game to the point where when this game comes out man i may go missing i just i'll just fly. I'm still gonna be here to give y'all uh content and stuff and obviously i'll probably stream it so if you want to watch me stream it which you know streaming is not one of the things i promote because i'm a podcaster you know I, I always like to say i'm a podcaster who streams streaming is not my specialty but if you want to see it i will stream it just so if you want to see it and comment while i play the game but at the end of the day um can't wait for the game it's gonna be fantastic amazing spectacular no all right, my fault my fault I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep that in the tuck so uh yeah what else this is the last time i'm gonna talk about this game before it comes out so i'm trying to think if there's anything else i need to talk about uh transversal is going to be two times faster than the last game if you don't know spider-man ps4 started you out at a certain speed and then you got up to the max speed as you leveled up spider-man it's going to start at that uh, max speed for spider-man ps2 because you know the map is two times bigger and of course with the web wings it's going to make it easier to transverse the environment and it's going to be way faster and there's a way you can turn off uh, the handicap as far as swinging so sort of like spider-man 2 you can have all the physics unlocked for you so you could put your swinging on hard mode if that makes sense which it may sound worse than it actually is like when you actually play the game you may want to turn it off so um i'm trying to think that's basically it i don't want to over talk because i think i've covered everything yeah with that being said uh whoever made the stone monkey suit i hope you get fired i want to end this off so cl <laughs> click my link tree in my bio uh click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about spider-man 2 insomnia games rollout for the game and what is the most anticipated thing that you're looking forward to when this game eventually comes out october 20th i know what y'all saying you're saying drake could have treated us better or whatever but i don't know i think he did all right you know what i'm saying and you know how i get over at notorious mass effect drawing conclusions building up my case for how Aubrey Graham aka Drake is the GOAT like I have a Juris Doctor degree so saying he could have treated us better that's kind of crazy
But all jokes aside, we're just going to get right into it because I have a lot to say about this this album. And in this review, it's going to be a lot of information thrown at you. And hopefully you can handle it because as a Drake fan, I've been paying attention to everything. When I tell you I've been trying to figure out the marketing strategy for this album for the longest, thinking that this was the worst album rollout ever. And then to see the news that it's going to sell 400 to 450,000 first week and easily be number one. I'm like, I think I didn't figure it out. And that's why, but that is why, ladies and gentlemen, this entire episode for 130 is titled Drake versus Hip Hop Media. Now, I thought it was kind of strange when he called out certain hip hop heads and that is going to round off and give us a 360 moment on why this album was marketed specifically this way right i believe drake's marketing rollout was beefing with hip-hop media specifically old heads people who's old and have heads because you know no disrespect so that being said, we're going to go down the timeline and hopefully y'all can stay with me throughout this entire time because let me tell you something. I know a lot of people have been asking about how I feel about the album and we're going to get into it because, you know, I was kind of being funny at the beginning, but people really think Drake could have treated us better. And I'm like, I don't know what else this man can do. Like, <laughs> this is one of the most complete albums I've ever heard from Drake. It gives us everything and more. So it's like, we're going to get into it. But first... I want to talk about the marketing strategy because, you know, I do call myself analytic dreams and it would be very ignorant to not focus on the analytics as far as how he ro rolled out this uh, album. So it all started with this particular person. Right. And before I get into this, make sure to follow or to, to watch along while I'm talking. Make sure to follow analytic dreams video on Spotify to see the video element along with the audio. With that being said, we're going to get into Subject number one, Anthony Fantano. I thought it was a little strange that back in September in 2022, this man went at Anthony Fantano and basically said, your existence is a light one. And the one is because you are alive. Now we're going to recognize a reoccurring theme here as we get into this uh, album rollout. This is the first hip hop media head he decided to go at and while some could say it is not unprovoked i could say it is unprovoked because hip-hop media simply talks about hip-hop it'd be different if a stephen a went out of his way to say for all the dogs is trash or if uh If a Grace Randolph went out of her way to say for all the dogs about Drake is trash or if a Jeremy Johns, basically, you see what I'm saying? Like hip hop media heads talk about hip hop. So as you can say, this is unprovoked or no, you could say this is provoked by Anthony Fantano talking about him. I mean, that's kind of his job. So the reoccurring theme is how Drake attacks these hip hop heads, but not in the way that's malicious or. In a way that's below the bar like he doesn't send any below the belt shots at any of these hip-hop heads but he does addresses them which is very rare for drake to do 
but he does it so often that I finally figured out that is what his rollout was or is currently for all the dogs. So first subject was Anthony Fantano, right? If you need another one, look no further than Elliot Wilson. Now I just have the screenshot uh, screenshot up on here because I basically have to break this down to make this a uh, quote make sense. So basically Elliot Wilson was um, perplexed that Drake did an interview with Bobby Althoff in uh, earlier this year, right? Well, not earlier. It was like a month or two ago where he did an uh, interview with Bobby Althoff in, I can't say her name. Uh, you know, you just have to deal with me mispronouncing it. <laughs> but um, So Elliot Wilson called that out. And then Drake, of course, being the petty person he is, waited after those comments for Elliot Wilson to do some type of interviews that Rolling Loud and academics posted it. Remind you, all of these, well, most of these responses are on Academics page, which is another hip-hop head, right? We're going to get to him in a second. So, Elliot Wilson was doing interviews at Roland Lau. Basically, um, if you've never seen Nardward, basically those type of interviews where he walks up on an interview and does and, and tries to interview the person. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But Drake, he, uh, remembering those recent comments about him and Bobby, came back to say quote about that particular uh video lol man expedive not coming to this platform for a second time talking about him and now elliot ten toes doing yes jewels run up interviews at rolling loud just admit the youth took over big dog point number two on how drake's rollout was just dissing hip-hop media as the youth is the biggest point that I'm gonna be making throughout this entire um, case that I'm presenting because all of these people he's targeting are quote unquote old heads. We have Anthony Fantano, we have Elliot Wilson with the back and forth, which technically was unprovoked. I mean, if a hip hop person talks about a hip hop artist, I don't think that's you provoking him. You're just talking about something that's in your job and in, in the field of your job. It'd be different if Elliot Wilson came out. He was like, bro, I don't know why Draymond hanging out with LeBron so much. Like that would be weird, right? That would be like, oh, you have something personal against him. But as a hip hop media head, it makes so much sense to just point out stuff that looks very pecu uh, peculiar in the hip hop scene. So with that being said, I thought this was also unprovoked and champagne well i don't even know i don't even ever call him that drake <laughs> called out elliot simply for his rollout so with that being said that is subject number two now let's get into subject number three which is charlemagne now all these are sequential so you could go back in the timeline all of these are in order so anthony was the first one back in 2022 elliot was the second one earlier this year i forget the actual month and then charlemagne came not too long ago like right up before the album and basically charlemagne has so many hilarious things to say about drake and i actually cover that if you look up charlemagne versus drake analytic dreams the shit pop up so i'm not going to go too much in detail but basically after charlemagne basically uh said that scissor and drake's slime you out record came and went when it literally went number one but that's besides the point it came and went and said that rate uh said that two superstars like that shouldn't be dropping stuff that come that that comes and goes drake once again took offense at a hip-hop media head and said because if you think about it he's not pointing out anybody else but hip-hop media heads so he said quote are you okay lenard question mark which if you don't know charlamagne's real name is lenard i would highly recommend you read his book titled 
I was about to say Straight Shooter. That's Stephen A. Titled uh, Black Privilege. But Straight Shooter is also a good book. But anyways, Black Privilege by Charlemagne. I would read that book to hear about the happenings of how he got to where he is, which is very interesting. But anyways, um, Charlemagne's real name is Leonard. So Champagne Pop. Yo, <laughs> yo, hey, yo, hold on. <laughs> nah, but we ain't gonna slop as that. I'm gonna keep that in there. But hey, we are not calling him that. So Drake. <laughs> Drake said are you okay leonard with two question marks you kind of weirding me out g like you're really obsessed with me or something for years like you look in the mirror and wish you saw my reflection type beat whatever you gotta do to let it out i'm sure your 435 loyal fans will stand by your expletive goof so with that being said He's going at another hip-hop media, subject number three that we're currently on. And Drake is obviously saying that he does not mess with any of these hip-hop head opinions about him, right? Any negative critique is not warranted with the rollout for all the dogs. But in reverse, what he said about Elliot talking about the youth taking over, Remember, he did an interview with Bobby Althoff. He's championing and flying out Kai Sinat to his concerts. He's jumping on every single young platform that he can as far as academics page. If you don't know, a bunch of kids follow academics. So he's trying to stick into the certain good graces of the youth while going against the old heads, making it seem like it's Drake versus the old head, which inherently makes him look like he's for the youth and he's with and he's amongst the youth this is the rollout that i think drake is using for all the dogs that was done in the greatest of efficiency y'all may think i'm riding or doing tricks or whatever but let me tell you this is exactly what drake set out to do because all of these comments that hip-hop media heads are making about a hip-hop artist was pretty inbounds and wasn't like anything crazy none of these hip-hop heads came out i was like man I don't know why Drake um, hanging out with his son like that. Like, it wasn't an, um, outlandish or out of bounds. It was just regular music critiques. So that was subject number three, right? And Charlemagne literally kind of, I think he understood out of all of these people that Drake went at, I think he understood the most that Drake was trying to use him for a rollout. Basically say, saying that he was, if you don't remember, Charlemagne's response to this, Drake, because he went in on Charlemagne, calling him like the off-brand, Morris Chestnut, all that other stuff. If you look at or listen to Charlemagne's response to Drake's diss, he basically said that him and Drake are in on a joke about every time he drops, he critiques it for his album rollout. But I think Charlemagne realizes that Drake was using him for his album rollout, so he played along with it to act like they was both in cahoots when in all actuality, Drake really doesn't like him, but he's also using him for the rollout so Charlemagne is the only one that pointed out that he's using him for a rollout all these other people kind of just responded in in fashion like Anthony Fantano responded to Drake basically saying that um I forget what he said his response to Drake was like why are you coming at me type response like it wasn't really aggressive which you know with Anthony Fantano is you really can't get too aggressive when you're being a white man covering hip-hop like that's out the that's out the bag like like nah we're not having that like hip-hop is is mostly black people and uh anthony fantano for him to build up his fan base because he has excellent takes on music not trying to discredit him but being a white man in hip-hop you have a certain uh perspective on you 
So you can't act certain ways, right? Or they're just going to completely turn on you. So I think he handled that in stride. Elliot Wilson handled that in stride, basically, you know, rebutting it with, um, you know, they all was just basically perplexed that Drake went so hard at him. And that's how, and Charlamagne did the opposite, calling out the rollout, calling out him, using him for the rollout. So that's the third subject we have. Fourth subject, which y'all probably know is the most recent one. And it's Joseph Anthony Budden. And this is what he had to say about Drake's For All the Dogs that now has been released. This this is like Yachty rapping. This is like he rapping for the children. And that's my, yo, dog, I had to look up how old this was when I finished listening to the album. You are 30. I want y'all to know that Joe Budden's critique was the most personal because he brought up age. And that's specifically what Drake was trying to do with this rollout. 36. Your birthday is in 20 days. I Googled that too. You will be 37 years old. Get the f away from some of these younger niggas and stop f***ing these 25-year-olds. Another personal shot from Joe, from Joe Button. So this was the most personal. And that's why Drake, out of all the responses, I feel like he was the most emotional with this one because he realized that, all right, so Joe finally took the bait of calling him old, right? Because... Drake's whole rollout for For All the Dogs was kind of championing the youth, co uh, coinciding with the youth, bringing Yachty with him everywhere he went, which is just a representation of how the youth acts. So now, because you're attached to somebody, everybody's going to look at you in a certain light, right? It'd be different. Like, if y'all think that Drake ro uh, rolling around with Lil Yachty isn't a marketing play, imagine if Drake was rolling around with Griselda or... Um, what's another Benny the Butcher or you know what I mean like he's trying to have the youth appeal like obviously he could roll around with people who could easily uh, enhance his musical ability talking about like Saha the Prince right he could roll around with him if he wants to enhance his musical ability which he claims is why he has Yachty around he literally has Yachty around for the youth appeal and for the youth um, to follow him and everything he does not saying that Yachty is the most popular but when it comes to visual presentation and business mind, Lil Yachty is the best amongst his peers. And with that being said, obviously, I always say that Lil Yachty makes the worst audio music I've ever heard in my life. Like, as far as the audio format and sonically, Lil Yachty puts out the worst music ever. Like, sonically, like, he's just the worst ever. So with that being said... I think he was using Yachty solely for youth appeal. So now with Joe Budden calling him out about age, I think that's what ticked him off the most. As you see right now, his response was lengthy to say the least. Pause. He said, Joe Budden, this from Drake. This is Drake typing from his account <laughs> under academics page. Once again, I don't know if you can see it at the bottom, but it says reply to champagne because it's a screenshot by academics because it's academics page. So once again, he responds that these hip hop heads, old heads through a youthful media site. He says, Joe Budden, you have failed at music, period. I like the way he started that off. That was pretty fire. You left it behind to do what you are doing in this clip because this is actually because this is what actually pays your bills. For any artist watching, this is just a reminder you are watching a failure. Give their opinion on his idea of a recipe for success. A quitter. Give their opinion on how to achieve longevity. You switch careers because the things that pop into your brain had you broke 
living check to check and the raps you write had 450 men what's up with this 400 number 475 for Charlemagne, 450 for joe budden like is he keeping is he keeping some type of list that we don't know about like is joe budden and Charlemagne have some secret pop-ups we don't know about where only 400 people are showing up like what's up with this 400 number like how does that keep popping into drake's brain like you're talking about what pops into joe budden's brain why 450 plus people keep popping into your brain when you uh approximate uh when you come into a approximately how many people they bringing out like honestly that that's the thing that kept blowing me i was like what well pause but yeah that was just wild 450 men showing up to your shows and dusty and niece i don't know how you say that jeans to screw up their face to mu mood music 29 and pretend you are the goat please to any artist i thought this was the best part right here to any artist that's doing what they feel is right, don't let these opinions affect your mindset after the fact. This guy is the poster child of frustration and surrendering. You retired and we never hung up your jersey. We don't even remember your number. We know you for doing this. You withdrew from rap. Not because you accomplished all you need to, it's because it wasn't working for you. I never want anybody in the generations, another playoff of age, generations to think that the whole, everybody's entitled to their opinion is a real thing. This is a man projecting his own self-hate and the fact I did and continue to do everything he wanted to do for himself. If you need to put it to simpler terms, I own a 767. He owns a modest house in the 973 and flies first class on special occasions. Now, as far as a response, I'll give that a C minus. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought it was pretty. I thought I thought it was pretty bad. Like he really didn't put out, point out anything that would stick. Because if you do know Joe Budden, he was he was successful in rap. Um, and by the things that popped into his brain, not only did he transition from rap into entertainment field, which he was always trying to do when he was a rapper, he successfully did it and became one of the pioneers in podcasting where Spotify, giving him a deal, literally opened up the floodgates to how much money podcasters can make. Joe Budden did that himself. It was Joe Budden, and that was it. And then that's when Joe Rogan realized, oh, you get this, how much from Spotify? And then he got the bag from Spotify. And then now Joe Budden's like more independent, but he's still like top of the top when it comes to analytics and podcasting. That's not me caping for Joe. I call myself analytic dreams. Best believe I'll be looking at them numbers. So <laughs> with that being said, nothing that Drake said even makes sense. Like none of this stuff makes sense. And um, Joe Budden even responded, basically saying you'll grow up soon at some point or something like that. I forget what he said. Um, I wonder if he, I wonder if I could find it. Hold up. We're we going to bring that. We're going to bring his response up because his response was the, um, the epitome of how you respond to your girl when she's super upset and sends you like three essays of how she's upset, why she's upset and uh, who she's upset about, you know, it, it's all that, uh, oh, you should have did this, why you got me looking crazy, this, yada, 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 it's like a huge paragraph, right, and then the epitome to how every dude responds is how Joe Budden respond, responded to Drake, he basically said, yeah, right here, 
this is basically what he said. This man said, you, you can see it at the bottom. I think y'all can see it at the bottom, right? Let me, let me put it. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not getting bigger. All right. Anyways, if you can't read it at the bottom, he basically said, and he added his IG name, which I'm not going to say. He said, you'll grow up sooner or later. Father time is undefeated. One of the things I say about Drake, no, no. One of the things I say about Joe Budden and Stephen A. Smith is they are the best orators that I've ever heard. If I have to say that again, is orators. So basically, talkers in their respective space, they're the best at. And that's simply because the way they manipulate emotions is to be studied in collegiate institutions. Joe Budden is a masterclass manipulator and also is along with Stephen A. Smith is a masterclass manipulator. The way that you use your words to get what you want effectively as both of them have is a masterclass in how orators work at its finest, right? With that being said, uh, Joe Budden gave the most generic response ever that can encaptivate anything in life. You can say to anybody, you'll grow up sooner or later, Father Tom is undefeated, and it will apply, right? Manipulation tactics 101. Make a broad statement, let them get offended, and then make a more specific statement. So that being said, he didn't really respond to Drake. He basically was just doing what every significant other does when their other is is super mad sending you long uh, paragraphs of text messages you just respond with a short one message that just lets them know hey i ain't really taking in whatever you said like hey have a blessed day or uh <laughs> what they say uh <laughs> now I, I like when people say so and they'd be like hey god bless you or or congratulations i ain't reading all that <laughs> that's basically what joe budden just did to drake so anyways that was uh what was that subject number four yeah, that was the most uh, recent subject. So anyways, let's move on to my final point, which is on oh no, my final subject, which is unfortunately academics. So the way that Drake went at academics was more lighthearted because, of course, academics falls into that youth promotion that Drake is wanting. The kids follow academics. Joe Budden, Anthony Fantano, Elliot Wilson, Charlemagne, they all have an older audience. But for academics, he technically at this point has the most youth when it comes to a hip-hop head. So Drake is not going to approach academics the same way he approaches all these other hip-hop mediators, right? So that being said, he basically called um, academics before the album came out, which a lot of people don't realize, but he called academics before the album came out and promised that he will call academics when the album came out. When the album came out, he made sure to call Kaisenat, but didn't end up calling academics. I, I just feel like it was just an honest, not mistake, but it was just like the times didn't match up. Because why would you call academics? Like, I was watching him his stream, and he was muted while he talked to uh, Drake. And everybody in the call, which if you don't know about Discord, you can still hear somebody if they mute themselves in OBS because they're not muted in Discord. So everybody heard the Drake call with academics, except for the people in stream, because obviously his OBS was muted. So that being said, why would Drake call him to tell him he was going to call him again? Like, why would he, if he was trying to play academics, he would just keep promising that he was going to call, right? So that being said, it was just, it was just blown up to, different proportions that i just don't think it was really that serious which is what academics basically basically reiterated when he got into the uh 
Drake saying that he was salty that he didn't call him. And well, basically, he said that Drake questioned him about him being offended by not calling him. And that was off of the that was a response to academics really not knowing how to feel about the album. So Drake's thinking to himself, dang, is he really upset over my album because I didn't call him? So academics said I just streamed after that Drake did call him and asked him if he was upset about him not calling him. And then academics was like, it's not even a big deal, which is not a big deal. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But that's another way that he not went at a hip hop hit, but he kind of softened the blow for a young for a hip hop audience that's younger. Right. Cause go against academics and it's not the, it's not the best thing to do in the world. I'm not even just hyping academics up. I mean, you just see with little baby, like it, it just puts you in a whole different limelight where it looks like you're not as hot as you used to be. So that being said, um, that's the end of my case. Hopefully, I uh, presented a well, a, a good enough case. You know what I mean? To let y'all know that Drake whole rollout for 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 all the dogs is basically it was basically going at hip-hop media so all the old heads that covered hip-hop that said one word about drake whether it was whether it was completely out of bounds which you could say in joe budden's case or completely in bounds where you could say about anthony elliott or charlamagne drake still responded in a fashion that led me to believe that drake was trying to ride the wave of drake versus old hip-hop media for his album rollout or all the dogs so that's my case so anyways with that being said with that being said let's get into uh the responses right so drake after you know all that he had some other people joined in on the rollout. He had Birdman, Check, Charlamagne, Joe Budden. If you ever heard Birdman, like he really doesn't talk unless needed, you know? So I'm thinking Drake hit him up to be like, hey, can you say something to make these dudes get off my back? Like, honestly, I feel like Drake was trying to use Birdman for marketing promotion because obviously it's going to get tweeted by academics because academics covers a lot of beef. So, which is nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just what he does. And so Birdman, Check, Charlamagne, and Joe Budden over the disrespect to Drake basically saying to Charlemagne, I think you mean good and I respect you, even though we had our difference. But respect Drake. That's basically it. That's all he said. That was in the IG post, as you can see right here. And then he said, Joe Budden. And this picture he used of Joe Budden was beyond hilarious. Like, how in the world did Drake get, I mean, did Joe Budden get a matching hat and coat of the house like what like i don't know i don't know if that's his house it don't look like it it's like he got matching coat and hat of the interior of whatever house he went to but anyway that's besides the point he said joe buddy calm down brother you're not built for this gangster expletive you know it's peachy podcast but basically saying you're not gangster you're not built for this which all drake all joe budden was saying was like hang out with people your own age and uh Birdman just went out the window with the hey you ain't gangster like where that where that come from <laughs> you know what I, mean? I feel like the 50 cent me like like why does it forget me like i ain't even say nothing about no gangster life so anyways um i think drake had birdman check joe budden and uh charlamagne and then not only did he uh text that out but then here's what birdman had to say on clubhouse i believe when he was talking about um there was the Joe Budden and basically hip hop media itself 
disrespect old head media might i add disrespect to drake and here was his sentiments right here man champagne pop is the real deal any nigga playing with champagne pop is gonna suck my dick y'all some pussy ass niggas. whoa 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 that yo this yo it's a pg podcast but let me say i do not condone the inviting other adult men to your genitals but hey birdman said it if y'all want to check him that that's on y'all but for me over at here notorious mass effect we, we don't condone that but we gonna keep going okay i don't think he says that again but anyway so that was wild but we're gonna leave it in there just to let you know that birdman ain't playing around you better put some respect with a with a k on drake's name <laughs> be saying, I be tripping, bro. I be <laughs> he popping that I shit. Is up. Is up. Hey, Dreamo. Hey, hey, hey. So, how do you feel about people who's really not feeling Drake's latest album? A lot of people saying that this is the start of Drake falling off, maybe. Hey, like, so, like Joe Budden criticizing him too. Joe Budden ain't got a hit since Carter had liver pills. Say, bro, tell Joe Budden calm down, bro. I don't have no ill feelings with Joe Budden. I always, I, I, I personally always respected joe button i don't have nothing ill about joe button but he can't play with the goat you can't play with the goat no i don't have no i have nothing but respect for joe but he can't play with the goat and if you plan with the goat then you want a problem if you want a problem we'll give you a problem i don't go we'll give you one but if you want one we'll give you one i don't know who has the most evil monologues when it comes to jay prince or birdman like which one do y'all think have the most evil monologues it's like comparing thanos from endgame to bane from batman it's like there are one-liners and punchlines for how evil they could get it's it's it's, it's sensational you know what i mean it's it's since chills through your spine it's almost like one of those things that they will actually follow through on allegedly you know i'm not the police but let's just say seems like they really be meaning what they be saying but anyway so let's, let's keep going but besides that you want if you we don't want to give you a problem but if you want a problem we'll give you problem with the goal because we 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 respectable men we dis we honorable men we not dishonorable men but if you play then we gonna play it's how it go but I respect Joe, and if he want a problem, we'll give it to him. Whack, you can hand him on the West Coast. I hand him down bottom, and we'll hand him where we go. And that's basically it. He said you can handle him on the West Coast, and I like he. This man was splitting up where he could get handled. Like at that point, I'm like, hey, Joe, buddy, you may have to chill out. Like I know he came out with a new profile picture, which I don't know if y'all seen it, but um, let me see if I can pull this up right quick. I don't know if y'all seen it. <laughs> uh, Joe Button. This man changed his profile picture. I didn't know what that meant. I don't know. Joe Button. That's the Joe Button pod. No, no. Joe Button himself. Joe Button. Am I tripping? Does this man not have a profile? I mean, I know he does. I'm just, I'm just being funny. Let me see. I'm gonna type in profile pic. Oh, okay, here we go. Hold up. Is Joe Button shadow banned? 
No, that was weird. Like, I really had to type in specifically what he did to pull up his account. That would be, is Joe Budden shadow banned on Twitter? I would show y'all, but I was looking up, like, uh, information on Spider-Man because I did that uh, segment before this, and it was showing, like, Venom uh, 19 inches and stuff. I was like, nah, y'all ain't gonna be thinking I'll look up that type of stuff. Ain't, ain't no way. You ain't gonna get me. <laughs> so, nah, but uh, let me see. So, yeah, I think Joe Budden is shadow banned on Twitter because I had to type this in specifically to get his profile. But anyways, let me pull this back up. All right, so this is Joe Budden's profile, right? He has a new profile picture right here, and it's all black. I don't know what that means. Apparently, his fans are like, oh, it's, it's, it's go time. Everybody know what that means. T-Time, Donda references, The Weeknd, for some reason, just some random meme. I'm like, bro, what, is, what does that even mean? Like this man just tweeted out a, a, a black square, like it's some you know Black Lives Matter. Like we back in the uh, 2020 days. But anyways, that's besides the point. So yeah, man, Dre, uh, Birdman's not playing with them. And what else? You know who else is not playing with them? Drake's daddy. Yes, literally his dad. Like the father of Drake is not playing with these people either. So Drake's dad went on a fiery tirade let uh double xl magazine tell it <laughs> but anyways basically this is what drake's dad had to say about everybody well not everybody but the old heads going at drake so you can see this type of rollout was pretty effective to the point where he's like hey let me try to hype it up even more by having birdman respond and my dad i do feel like this is a whole rollout for his album and honestly i don't think he cares that much but that's besides the point so drake's dad said it's uh expert of shame that a young artist can't do his own thing and enjoy his glory without an old hater expletive trying to bust his bubble pause because he has nothing going on and to mention or put a limit on what age anyone should be dealing with which is none of his expletive business as long as their legal age I am sick of these old, hey, y'all go, so at the beginning of the segment, I said it was Drake versus old hip-hop media, and I, I did put hip-hop media, but that's just the salacious title, really what I mean is the old heads in hip-hop, this is specifically a marketing campaign going against the old heads of, of hip-hop, right, so I don't think it's a coincidence that Drake's dad is repeating old every other sentence, right, I wanna be I wanna been surprised if Drake had his publicist ghostwrite his dad's response. So, anyways, let's keep going. I am sick of these old exitive haters. Exitive with my son. If you don't like what he does, keep it moving, exitive. He's not bothering you with I don't know how many exclamation points. So you know he was screaming. So, anyways, uh, what else? I think that was basically it. Oh, okay. Then we get the conclusion to my case. So if I was to have a uh, um, if I was to have a Juris Doctor degree, which is like the first degree you get to become a lawyer, um, I would say that this would be my case I present as far as me getting that degree. Because I think I think I did a pretty solid job on wrapping this whole case up. Because I do feel like this was a whole rollout, and Drake put a bow on this rollout, basically saying and explaining why he's responding to these people. Obviously, he's talking about the, the Canada uh, concert he just had. But then at the end, he says, all you goofs 
been throwing my name around publicly for years like a frisbee don't be shocked if i want to go fetch that expletive and bring it to your doorstep it's us savage this was hands oh, okay and then he goes back to talk about the uh, performance because if you don't know he was the one who got savage's green card to make him an actual u.s resident i believe so now he can like tour in different places so that's a whole side tangent but um and then he put this post of uh dang he had a post of um joe budden's hat i don't know if i can find it i mean that don't matter anyways that's the conclusion all right so he's still taking shots at the old heads of hip-hop and basically puts a bow on it basically saying that um all of them been throwing his name around publicly for years like a frisbee and don't be don't see don't be shocked if he goes and fetch that expletive and bring it to the doorstep mm -mm -mm. and that ladies and gentlemen is the conclusion of my case on why I think Drake purposely used each and every old head that covers me media, hip hop media that spoke his name into existence, not existence, but basically spoke on his name. That's why he went at them. Basically that was the marketing rollout for, for all the dogs was to go at every single old head in media and hip hop media obviously the ones that was like not saying anything was like praising drake he didn't go at but the ones that he already had smoke for he just it just enticed him even more to extend the rollout because if you think about it when have you ever heard drake going at any or the amount of uh media that he's done for this year I mean, if Drake didn't put out an album and he went at these people, I'd be like, dang, Drake's really bothered. The fact that Drake was putting out an album in the midst of this whole rollout and it went number one and it's set to sell 400 to 450,000 first week without vinyls. Mind you, without vinyls, like if he would have had vinyls, he would have been in the Taylor Swift range of six to 700. But Drake doesn't do vinyls because hip hop is it's kind of weird with that like you have to submit your music early it gets leaked all that other stuff that's a whole nother uh lesson <laughs> so anyways um so yeah that's my case let me wrap that up uh so yeah that's basically it and then all right let's get into music so that's my case about the background knowledge of for all the dogs and basically the lead up to it and the marketing rollout and all that stuff now let's strictly get into the music because that is what you're here for my review on drake's for all the dogs which i kind of gave you my review at the beginning but if you wasn't listening i'm definitely going to reiterate my sentiments of this album because let me tell you something this is a top four drake album this is the most complete body of work i've received from drake since scorpion i would say as far as singles as far as lyrically driven tracks as far as lullabies this album has it all like the embodiment of a drake album was put into for all the dogs drake gave us a complete body of work and everything that we love from drake with that being said let's go to X. I want to transition to X because i want to shout out to him I really recognize this because I don't really look at stats like this, but um, I thought Metro Boomin was running 2023, but after further evaluation, 
it's a, a argument that Benny X, which is a producer, should be up for producer of the year. At first, I thought it was Metro Boomin because, you know, he's coming out with a future album soon. He just put out um, he just put out the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse soundtrack. And then before that, he had his own Heroes and Villains album. Uh, he's just been putting out phenomenal music at a consistent pace, right? Heroes and Villains, I think they came out late 2022. But anyways, um, obviously he's been running the game for a little bit, I believe. So when it came to producers, I thought it was leaps and bounds that Metro was just number one out producing all of these producers. But with further evaluation, Benny X is really one of those type of people where he has his hands on all the hits. And if you don't believe me, look no further than this list right here. Basically, this man produced Meltdown. He produced Slime You Out. He produced, which if you don't know, I, I mean, if you don't know, then come on now. But uh, I, I'll say the names attached with it. So he produced Meltdown with Travis Scott and Drake. He produced Slime You Out with Drake and SZA. He produced A with Lil Uzi Vert and Travis Scott. He produced K-Pop with Travis Scott in The Weeknd. Yes, I just skipped Yeet. I'm sorry for my Yeet fans. I'm still not convinced. He produced Search and Rescue by Drake, which was a hit. That was like a bona fide hit. Top five, top three. I think it was number one. Anyways, let's keep going. And, Drake, and people saying Drake fell off. This man had two numbers. Let me, let me chill, man. Because Drake's my favorite artist. But even as a person who looks at analytics, this man is not falling off. Search and Rescue was not top five for a minute. I don't think people give that enough respect. And then to come back with another top five single and slime you out. Anyways, let's keep going. And then they have another one with Jermaine. We finna get into it, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all be hating on a goat. All right. And then Benny X produced uh IDGAF, which you know what that means, but this is a PG podcast. Uh with Drake and Yeet. He produced uh Heaven on Earth with Low Tech and Kodak Black. That was also a hit. He produced Who With Me with Quavo. That was I don't know if that was a hit, but that was a good song. Um Away from we're gonna get in. so we're gonna get into these specific drake tracks because that's a part of the album but he produced hold me i'm not gonna lie hold me that's crazy i didn't even see that why they put this at the end of the list to let y'all know hold me by quavo is my favorite track of 2023 call me sentimental call me emotional i don't care Nigos is one of my favorite groups of all time after the takeoff passing you know I didn't think Quavo was going to come with an album like he did. And for Rocket Power to be as good as it was. And for me personally thinking Hold Me is by far the best track on the album. Just because of the the emotion in it. The way that he rapped. The way that he switched it up with the singing. It was really a powerful track. Like it was one of those where it was like dang. Like if Quavo continued to put art albums out like that. Like he can have a real substantial like solo career. Because Hold Me is still, to this day, one of my favorite track of 2023. So much. I, I love when art, and that's what we're going to get into with this album. But basically, I love when artists put their emotions into the music. Because I think that's what music is for. Music is not just to talk about how you're going to spend the block on your ops 24 times until you get dizzy. And then spin again because you, you ain't had nowhere to park. That's not, that's not music. Music is using your emotions, what you're going through on a day-to-day -day basis, and putting it into um a format where it's therapeutic and also enjoyable for the listeners hopefully that makes sense anyways so yeah benny x the reason why i'm sh shouting him out is because i think it's page right here yeah he's right here okay so reason why i'm shouting him out because he produced eight songs on this album and 
people talk about Lil Yachty influencing Drake's sound or whatever. Benny X, I think that's how you say his name. He's the heaviest influencer on this album. Producing eight songs. Obviously, you have 40 who's like the right-hand man to Drake. But as far as the sound, Benny X is, is, the, is the sound that Drake needs to keep going with. Like, he basically gave a whole album filled with Benny X produced. Like, eight songs could technically be an album for some people. So, he needs to keep going with Benny X. Like, or find the next popping producer because that's what drake does sometimes like he'll collab with the artist simply to get the producer with him so now that i collab with you i'm gonna do three to four more songs with your producer so technically i just took your sound but you can have the drake feature right that's what he does to a lot of people i mean shout out to block boy jb but <laughs> hey at the end of the day hey, <sighs> happens to the best of them so um yeah drake basically collabs with people to take their producer and for benny x i think he used to produce for one of the younger artists i forget but anyways drake is took it like took him and he was like hey you produce for me now and it was substantial like all of these tracks i'm gonna get into but benny x is, is one of those where it's like um drake needs to wait, keep making music with this man with that being said that's that's the highlight on the producer side so benny x is the highlight from the you know the mix and mastering part of this album now let's get into drake so Track number one, Virginia Beach. So basically, this intro was fire. To use Frank Ocean as a sample when everybody forgot about the Wiseman Frank Ocean track, masterclass at its finest. This opening, top three opening of all time. And people love to say, oh, Drake, Drake doesn't sing anymore. Let me tell you something. I think Drake's top songs are, are him singing. Like One Dance is still in the top five popular on Drake's Spotify um, profile. And guess what that is? That's singing. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what people want from Drake. It, like if you don't want this man to sing, stop supporting it. Like stop making his singing tracks the most popular on streaming if you want him to rap. Like that's, that's all I've really got to say. Because if you look at his top stream songs of all time, right? They're basically all singing. God's plan is singing with, with a little bit of rapping. Um, trying to find some more. One Dance is singing. I already talked about that one. Uh, let's see if it's, I'm trying to see a list. I'm trying to see if I can pull up a list. Yeah, One Dance, God's Plan. Um, oh, okay, great. One Dance, God's Plan, Nice For What, In My Feelings, and Work is top five Drake stream tracks of all time. If y'all don't want this man to sing, don't support it. <laughs> like, like that's, that's all I got to say. Like, that's why I enjoy Drake singing, because it's like, as a person who call myself Analytic Dreams, and a person who dreams about running up the numbers as you know pun intended it may sound i believe in repeating what works <laughs> and if y'all didn't think that he was singing well then why is the top not even top five the top 10 top 20 is filled with singing drake tracks like i said one dance god's plan nice for what in my feelings uh passion fruit controller no guidance like 
do y'all really hate when Drake sings? Like, I can't tell. I'm looking at the charts right now. This is this is insane. Like, if y'all really don't like when Drake sings, y'all shouldn't support it. So, anyways, with that being said, uh, let me put that away. Um, this was a top three opener by Drake. Like, I would have to go through my Rolodex of Drake openers, but for me, I like replay value. Obviously, when he raps, it's not as much replay value as you can see by the charts I just pulled up. Uh, well, you didn't see it, but basically, I told you his top 10 or top five tracks streamed of all time all of them were singing right so this makes sense to open your album with something that people are accustomed to so phenomenal opener phenomenal opener uh i want to see it i don't want to miss anything because uh, you know i'm not going over this album again let me see virginia beach yeah let me see that's basically it some of these lines like he gonna find out that's on site like www onsitelight.com put a baby in you you a hot mom like these are just drake type lyrics like come on now <laughs> like obviously it's like nothing like what we used to, like we're gonna get to some tracks where he's really spitting but that was just like a drake line like put a baby in you you a hot mom like guess the rapper who said that not just play <laughs> all right and then eight man track number two right um so i do want to I, I do want to point out my favorites first Actually, should I do that at the end? I should probably do that at the end. Yeah, I should, I'm going to do that at the end because I want to go through these first. So track number two, Amen. Amen was pretty solid because I like the play they did on Amen, like uh, praying to you find Amen, like instead of like Amen, like it's a double entendre because if you don't know, Amen is what you say at the end of a prayer. Amen is also what you say when you're talking about a male, you know. Anyways, y'all get it. I'm not going to treat y'all like y'all little kids. So, <laughs> um this track was fantastic and then the transition into the next track was fantastic but let me tell you something track number three calling for you featuring 21 savage is the worst track by far on this entire album and it's not even bad because of drake and 21 savage it's bad because this man got a whole feature as an interlude i'm like bro whoever was in this interlude like i would be looking for some residuals some pubs some royalties like ain't no way you're gonna have me at the majority in the in the middle of the track mind you the majority of this track and i ain't gonna get no no type of compensation for it. like obviously she probably got paid or something like i don't know probably you know got to be with drake or something like that like but anyway some actual residuals like no way you're gonna have me throughout this entire track and not give me no type of residual like she's literally a part of this track to the point where I literally had to skip to like 310. I like I had the 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 uh the timestamp memorized. That's how bad or just it's tired like it's not bad on first listen, but the 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 three millionth listen is like okay, bro, we we get it. Like you, you mad at him for, for going through your phone. And you're right. So I skipped right to 21 Savage and it's around like 310, 313, something like that. And then 21 Savage comes on, he gives a pretty serviceable verse. Cause you know, like I say, like I get tired of people talking about spinning the block. But I was like, all right, whatever. You can have your barn uh your verse and a half about spinning the block. Um so yeah, this track is the worst on the album, not because of the quality, simply because the interlude is in the middle of the track. And I also cover video games. So one thing that video games do when something's just outlandish they put a patch right they give you patch notes and they patch whatever it's just shouldn't be there this interlude in the middle of the track should not be there i don't know if he thinks that djs are going to go cut that out but the average consumer is not cutting it out they're just going to skip the track in its entirety so please take that out i need a hot fix i'm i'm, I'm begging you 
please give me a hot fix for calling uh calling for you because i'm not gonna lie these top three tracks would be phenomenal if it wasn't for that interlude in the middle of calling for you it's completely horrendous take that out with that being said let's go to track number four fear of heights is one of drake's best songs ever it's is a it's a top 10 drake song ever like ever <laughs> like i'm not even i'm not even exaggerating I, i'm a drake stan i listen to a lot of drake fear of heights is what you want singing rapping both of it very catchy melodic drake type chorus i mean i don't know what else you would if you if you was like play the quintessential drake track i would play fear of heights the way it starts off is, is so drake like he literally said he was like and the sex was average with you yeah i'm anti because i had it with you and if you don't know he kept saying anti because that was rihanna's last album and this was specifically talking about rihanna so this man was like um sex was average with you yeah i'm anti because i had it with you okay i'm i'm anti like your daddy's sister because you know playing off auntie anti like a family picture playing off auntie again and i had way better expletives than you tbh so such a, a drake thing to say yeah yeah that man he's still with you he can't leave you y'all go on vacation i bet it's antigua basically playing off anti again and then at that point i'm like bro is this like a rihanna diss track i'm like what is this man doing like at this point i'm like okay well i'm pretty sure that you know rihanna's like happily married with asap rocky so i'm like why wouldn't he just let that go right so and then he, he kind of is like, you know what? Let me stop. And then at the end of the loop, he's like, you know what? Forget it. Let me go. And then when the beat switches, when the beat switches, y'all thought Sicko Mode was fire. This is a whole nother level. When the beat switches, he gets into a chorus. He gets into a bag that is like, nah, that's it. That's that's it right there. Like, imagine being in the studio and that beat switch and then he was, nah, that's, that's it right there. Like, because he gets into the, you make me want to cuff you like the law. You make me want to work you like a job. But basically, Drake is the best, the greatest at giving choruses that um, it's applicable to everybody. That's why if you know, if you ever notice, some rappers make choruses specifically to certain events. Drake makes every one of his choruses applicable to the general population, which is why it's so popular. Like, you make me want to cuff you like the law. Make me want to work you like a job. I know you're a cab, but can you make that? Like, come on now. Like, every guy could probably be in the club saying that. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. And then he gets into the verse, and the verse. The verse. The verse was it. I ain't going to lie. It's like one of those where it's not lyrical, but it's, it, it's, it keeps you captivated to the point where it's like, oh, this is a club anthem. Like, this is, this is it. Singing, rapping, melodic, Drake-type chorus. Nah, that's top five uh top 10 drake track of all time so anyways track number five daylight like this this run is insane like for people to hate on for all the dogs is like like i understand because music is subjective but dang man what what more can drake do like this is this is it right here like this is a classic like this for all the dogs is is it gives you a lot it gives you a lot and, and switches it up enough where it's like the complete package. Like I know that the cover art may not be everything. And you know, we got to give that pass cause his son drew it, but like this, this is it. Anyways, um, daylight, daylight, straight fire. I like the way 
um he plays off of the the youthful sound i feel like yadi probably had a uh, a hand in this because the flows that he's using is more of an upbeat youthful type of flow and when i say youthful i mean like some of the things he's talking about is very interesting i mean um the what anytime drake says i'm geeking i just automatically think yadi has a hand in it so i'm not mad at it but i thought this was pretty serviceable um solid track and the repeatability is going to be through the roof because i mean he's repeating the chorus like playboy cardi effect and it actually works i think it's like a drake playboy cardi impression that actually works and for me to say that is like i think playboy cardi's trash but no not playboy cardi i was, I was thinking about Lil yachty my fault i, I like playboy cardi's last album let's not get that twisted i, I like playboy cardi <laughs> so anyways um yeah it was drake doing a playboy cardi impression but because Lil yachty had a hand in it with the whole i'm geeking like i don't think drake's in the studio like oh I'm, i should say i'm geeking hard don't know what to take like i think <laughs> i think that's yadi influence and i think yadi's trash but as far as being a writer or a helper if that's what you want to call it for drake um i think it was pretty i think it was a nice mixture right here um i know a lot of people don't like that he talked about the tps think that i caught a body internet swear that i bought the body take more than that to go pop somebody them exodus talk about everybody so low-key i'm happy they got somebody kind of hinting towards the x situation because xx tentacion got assassinated uh, assassinated that sounds rough um got murdered for over i guess that's the same thing anyways uh so rp you know i'm not trying to be uh disrespectful or um, um i forget the word anyways um rp to x of course but drake plays off of that a lot like when he was talking about triple x that's the only time i ain't below the the neck on scorpion and now he's back again talking about internet swear that i bought the body take more than that to go pop somebody like you literally talking about x like there's nobody else people think drake killed but x so with that being said i don't like that i don't like how he, he sees and, and low-key i'm happy they got somebody that's that's a lot we're we gonna get to some bars where i just feel like it's it's, it's uh questionable that's that's one of them he, he specifically addresses that that's that's he's not talking about nobody else but x that's it. it that's what he's talking about and he's literally said i'm happy they got somebody like if you want to replace it and, and really say what he was saying he was saying take more than that to go pop somebody so literally he's kind of admitting that he didn't pay for the body but then this is where the part where i got upset at he said them people talk about everybody so really he's talking about xx tentacion talks about everybody so low-key i'm happy they got somebody basically meaning somebody you know went to them you basically like he they got somebody like they was able to garner some of that energy that they was giving out and even though x was calling out a lot of people calling like take off lift off and all the other stuff disrespecting amigos disrespecting drake his fan base is pretty uh cult-like and pretty humongous even to this point with him releasing post some of his music but him going against drake um and and after him passing away you know drake talking about it the way that he does is is uh could be hard for some x fans and that's why i'm believing that i'm not the biggest x fan but i could still be sensitive to that you know i'm not an insensitive person so yeah drake needs to stop rapping about x that's that's it like he he, he got to stop rapping about it. like it, it was really pinpoint like it was really pinpoint bars towards x and he, he has to stop doing that that's that's too much all right track number six first person shooter featuring j cole 
It's all right. All right, track number seven. Nah, just... <laughs> all right, nah, I'll just play. I'll just play. I'm just playing. I'm a Drake fan. Y'all know that, right? I'm going to keep reiterating that because uh, hopefully y'all can tell by this review. Deep breath again. That's that's tough. Drake guy out rap, man. I'm sorry. I had to say it. That, that hurt. That hurt. I ain't going to lie. Like, my whole body shutting. Drake guy out rap by J, J. Cole, man. I said it. I said it twice. That's, I may start crying, man. Take my glasses off. You know what? All my Jermaine fans out there, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. You got lucky this time. You know, you know, you ever watch Phineas and Ferb and Doofenshmirt whenever he gets upset or um or he get his plan disrupted by by Agent P, P and he's like, I'll get you next time or something like that. That's how I feel right now. I feel defeated and Next time Drake and J. Cole get on the track, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be different, man, because this may be one of the... No, okay, so J. Cole had this, had this EP. I forget what it was called. It was before Offseason, which I still think is J. Cole's best album ever. Let me see. I wish I could find a single quickly. Was it Lewis Street? Yeah, the Lewis Street. Okay, so the Lewis Street EP put out back in July 22nd, 2020 is the best rapping I've ever heard from J. Cole, right? And that led up into Off Season, which eventually came out in 2021, uh, May 14th, 2021, which I think to this day is J. Cole's best album ever. So that energy was embodied on this track. When J. Cole came on this track, he was really rapping like he had something to prove. Like, Drake set himself up, but I think he also, he set both himself and J. Cole up. I think he set J. Cole up like he did for Little Baby on Wants and Needs, but the problem with setting Little Baby up versus setting J. Cole up is J. Cole is unfortunately in the conversation of top three rappers in this generation. Little Baby is not, right? That verse he said little baby up so well that they tried to put him in that conversation and obviously we we eventually found out he doesn't deserve to be nowhere near that conversation j cole though continues and and continues to dominate in the rapping lyrical space to the point where it's like people are now questioning if j cole's the best rapper of the generation now how blasphemous like to quote my man Stephen a how blasphemous is that that's the most blasphemous statement i've heard in a while like do y'all not realize like even though Drake, I think, set up J. Cole like he did Little Baby for Once and Ease, so J. Cole went ballistic. He still had to go ballistic, of course. So let's get into that point. Because uh, I'm going to get into my end point or my um, final point after this. So basically, I knew it was over when verse one, Drake was saying, uh, say it then, who to go, who to go, who to go. Apparently, Drake and J. Cole was in the same studio when they made this record, right? So the thing with this record is that if you have two lyricists that could be uh, uh, trying to acquire the GOAT status and you have somebody screaming they're the GOAT in the studio while you're just sitting there, you got to know that's going to make your blood boil. It's like if Tom Brady saw um, Pay Manning at the Super Bowl podium after he beat him and he was like, who to go, who to go? It's like, nah, bro, I got to get you now. Like, nah, you, you really talking crazy while I'm right here, you know? So... J. Cole went crazy, got to the booth right after Drake, you know, and it, he started, man, he started. And it, the whole, 
the whole verse is immaculate. I ain't gonna lie, it's a masterclass at its finest. It's, it's it's like these type of bars is why I'm like this album is something different. Like like he he was keeping this in the tuck. Like this wasn't even a single. Like he just kept this in the tuck to release with all the other tracks. Like that ain't it. Anyways, um, let me just get into my favorite parts. So my favorite parts in Jermaine's verse was basically when he was mimicking boxer punches when he said he he feels like Muhammad Ali. I don't know why call me a rap nerd or whatever but I thought that was the best part of his verse like when he was like I feel like Muhammad Ali and then he started mimicking how punchers or how boxers punched a uh, punching bag I was like ain't no way like you know the breath the breathing mechanics they use when they punch I'm like bro this man going crazy I don't know why but that was like my favorite part and then my second favorite part by far is when um he got into that goat flow I'm not gonna lie it, it was goatish it, it was goat this is the most praise you ever gonna hear me give to to Jermaine, and, and this this hurts. Every word I say after this hurts. Jermaine was the best rapper ever when he got into this flow right here, like ever, like Jay Z, Kendrick, all them. When he got into this flow right here, he was the best ever. This man said, "So the flow when he said when I show up is motion picture blockbuster, the goat with the golden pin, the top toucher." The spot sprayed his whole expedive up. The crop duster, not Russia, but applying pressure to your cranium. Coals automatic when aiming them with the boy in the status. It's a state. Now, that's it. That's it right there. He got it. That's that's it. Dang. That's it. <laughs> nah, he's, he's, he washed and dry clean my, my goat, man, on the track. It's like it's like when Eminem ethered um Jay Z on uh Renegade. That that's how I feel right now. It's like dang, he really he really did it to him. That's that's it. He, he did it to him. So anyways, Drake of course he was like I can't follow that up. So he he, he completely switched the beat and went with some club type beat. I think it was made by Tay Keith and he he ended it off pretty in a in a solid way. But uh, J Cole by far best verse on the entire album. Best verse in in the last five years best verse it's one of them it's, it's one of them like drake i don't know what he was doing setting j cole up like that like that's that's not somebody you set up like you gotta make it hard on j cole like you gotta come you gotta come how kendrick did pause on uh poetic justice kendrick gave first one drake went then he gave another verse right that's how you that's what you should did you should have gave a verse lyrical verse not the i'm the go who to go who to go and then come with another lyrical verse basically on the verses with with um j cole he got completely washed like drake came on the track talking about who to go who to go and now verse two he naming all the girls he texted like uh uh christine justine kathleen i'm like bro all right you just you, you're not trying like i think after he heard the verse he was just like you know what let me just try to swag it out and i was like yeah that's that's probably the best thing to do make it make it seem like you're not trying yeah all right <laughs> anyways um so yeah, that was just uh, one of the greatest verses I've ever heard in life. Like, I'm not even trying to be dramatic. Like, Jermaine was on a different level. Like, that was that was goat status. That's literally what I. That's the epitome of of, of a masterclass. Like when he got into the and I'm gonna say it again because it was just that fire. When he said, "When I show up, it's motion picture blockbuster. The goat with the golden pin, the top touch." <laughs> That's it. That was it. I'm sorry. I got to move on because I'm, I'm going to stick on that. I'm going to stay on that verse. I don't even like Jermaine like that. I ain't going to lie to you. So that's not, that's not the part where I'm going to get my Jermaine hate off. But 
I will say that it is first uh, J. Cole's first number one ever, and, and you know who is attached to that? Drake. So that's all I got to say to combat my GOAT game wash. So that's all I got to say. Uh, track number seven, IDGAF featuring Yee, which you probably know what that means. It's a PG podcast, so I'm not going to get into it. Basically, um, I thought this track was a great mix of Drake's voice over a youthful beat with uh, a Yeet type of artist. You know when Drake said on First Person Shooter, uh, this track bigger than the Super Bowl, usually I get a verse and it's t terrible, just like a two-year-old. I feel like he was specifically talking about Yeet. I ain't gonna lie, this track was right after First Person Shooter, and I don't get it. I don't get it. Like sonically, it sounds pretty nice. Like it sounds futuristic in the beat and the in the vocals. But lyrically, Yeet is saying absolutely nothing. It sounds fantastic, but Yeet is saying nothing. He said, "Let me bring this up, man. This is ridiculous." This man said, "All of my twiz got a gun. Couple of my twiz on the run. Couple of my twiz selling runs. Couple of my twiz cut them up." What is this cat like? What is this green uh, green eggs and ham? Like, what type of rhyme scheme is this? Like, bro, I just don't understand. But anyways, it's son sonically, it, it was pretty solid. So, um, yeah, I think Drake was talking about Yeet when he said verses are like, verses he gets sometimes are terrible, like a two year old. But sonically, it sounded amazing. So I guess he let it rock. Um, track number eight, which is not a bad track, but it's my second worst. Uh, it's my second least favorite track on the album right uh which is still a serviceable track it's just i don't like um which is so funny because the whole chorus is like that's that stuff i don't like like playing off of chief keith I, I thought that was pretty uh i thought that was pretty fire but um what was it i don't like it because of honestly it's just my second yeah it's just my it's not even a bad track like i said i think this is like top three top four drake album of, of all time so i think it's just a solid track it's just not better than all the other ones like i like how he plays off the album again because that's another thing people are like oh this is all over the place like he's literally telling you it's bark radio so it's a bunch of songs as a radio station like ain't nobody say it when the weekend did it for um what's that what's that album called i think i forget what the album was called let me see let me pull this up the weekend did the same thing He did it for Don FM. That's what it was. For Don FM, ain't nobody say it when, uh, when he did it. But when Drake actually has like a cohesive uh, radio and uh, legendary artist like Snoop Dogg playing off of For All The Dogs to talk about its bark radio. Like, come on now. Like, this man was sticking to the theme the whole album. Had dogs, dogs barking in the background or some of the lullaby songs. Like, it's just a fantastic album. Like, overall conceptually like he really dro drove the theme before all the dogs anyways um so yeah i thought this I, th I thought this track was just solid like i think it was one of those mellow tracks like after all that hype of j cole and ye i think it was a nice mellow it was, it was a nice change in pace like we, you know we're getting more into the the smoother r&b samples right and that's why i believe the single came after that because after snoop dogg introduced the the uh, single by slime you out with uh drake and scissor it made even more sense. So I'm not going to review that because I've talked about that in depth. But basically, I think it was a pretty solid track. And uh, I like the way that Drake and, and SZA played off of each other for Slime You Out. It's definitely 7960 Santa. Uh, I can't even talk. 
7969 Santa was basically an intermission to get from a high tempo type of vibe to a lower tempo to singing. And I think he accomplished that perfectly with the inner, with uh, using Snoop Dogg to introduce the single. Because now the single makes sense in the entire project as far as a cohesive uh, body of work. Track number 10, um, one of my more least favorite tracks, of course, but um, it's still it's still really good. Like when I say least favorite, that's that gives the, the wrong perception because I like all of these tracks. I'm just talking about replay value and what i like so bahama promises is towards the bottom of the list for me but basically it's a more mellowed out track drake singing about you know uh <laughs> this man sliding down black creek my friends say they want to meet but i don't have the energy like you know drake type bars uh <laughs> and so it was a pretty solid track i don't think i have any yeah i don't really have anything crazy about that yeah that's basically it. pretty solid track with bahama promise uh bahamas promises let me see tried our best now let me tell you something you know how i talked about fear of uh, fear of heights this is another one of them this is this is a top top 10 drake track like this this is another one of them where it's like this is the epitome of what you want to hear from drake like as far as the utmost masterclass of capturing feelings into a track tried our best i think he i think he plays off the do re mi fa so because that's how the that's how the chorus plays it's like do re mi fa so and then fa so back down and then do re mi fa i don't know how to describe it but music heads know what i'm talking about the chorus that he does is playing off of the keys in a master class type of way where it's like bro how did you even think about this and then he kind of doesn't do it throughout the whole track because that would be repetitive right so he switches it up and then he ends it off with ty dollar sign out of all people like just completely perfect execution of a, of a lullaby type of track and it's just a very phenomenally crafted track tried our best by drake is is drake in his like like prime that's like jordan 96 97 i'm not gonna lie to y'all like if y'all want to talk about jaded if y'all want to talk about um what what marvin's room if y'all want to talk about like this is one of them like tried our best is a very very good track like one of them was like how did drake even think of this like it's and then the rhyme scheme for the chorus, I ain't gonna be the dead horse, but the whole do re mi stuff, like and going back down, like it was that was it, that was it right there. So this this is probably one of Drake's best tracks of all time. Tried our best is one of them. So, anyways, um, and it's sticking with the theme of of you know slower pace R and B tempo type type beat. Uh, Screw the world was more of a a, a change up, right? It was more of a um, a break. It's like when you're watching the tv show and then it goes into the commercial right that's how i treat screw the world it's like a nice little change of pace i don't know if that's drake rapping no, i think it's somebody else rapping it's just screwed up yeah it's dj screw that's what i thought yeah and it's a nice change of pace but it's not not really i really go back to all right um so after that commercial break we get back into the album with uh track number 13 drew or picasso now this is one of the tracks i had to listen to over and over to realize what he was trying to say so basically He's really getting off his bars, right? Um, he's really talking about some girl that messed him, messed him over, right? And which is like most of this album. Like, For All the Dogs is a play off of... Uh, how do you say it? Let me make sure this make the correct term. All right, let me see. Okay. 
So when I say this word, technically, it's hardly used in its correct term, right? In the, in the correct conversation. But technically, and this is not a, I'm not even going to preface it, right? We're talking about the word, talking about the word bitch, okay? It's a common name for a female dog, right? And it's hardly used in society because it's deemed a cuss word. But if you don't know, veterin uh, veterinarians, <laughs> veterinarians, say say it? My fault. I messed that up. I butchered that. Veterinarians use it in the common day of, of talking about a female dog, right? So it's like when they're talking about when when they when they're getting into certain things, it's like uh Okay. When they're getting into certain names of a dog, it's like that is basically the rendition of, of why they say certain things, right? It's like if a dog is certain genders, they're not just gonna say, Oh, it's this or it's that. They're gonna they're gonna call the female dog a bitch and then they're gonna call male dogs something else, right? So when you're getting into for all the dogs, it makes so much sense because technically you're getting into the way of prefacing the whole album of being for the women. So when a lot of people say, oh, Drake called this album for all the dogs, but it's basically for a bunch of girls, right? Well, technically, he's still making this album for all the dogs and he says that at the end of this album i just had to reiterate that because you know technically with all that singing people may be thrown off on why i'm like oh this is the greatest drake album ever when honestly i'm just getting into why i believe um he is is going with this type of uh strategy right so that being said um this track is pretty solid i do like how uh some of the things he talks about is is very drake drake-esque i mean he really talks about um let me see it's one thing he really talks about uh let me see oh yeah okay right here this is such this is the biggest strike thing he could ever say like when people talk about this is not drake or drake has a certain type of flow that he's not going with it is basically kind of talking about this right here he said quote after you said we not expletive again which you know making love if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> like it's a pg podcast once again even though i did say the correct term for a female dog but anyways we're gonna keep going so um after you said we not expletive again probably could have made it work again if i was man enough to tell you you was wrong man enough to not put it in a song for the world to sing along if that's not the most drake thing he could ever say in a track i don't know what is people be like hey i need an old drake bro this is this is this is uh how long this man been around this is like 2008 drake i don't know how long this man been around this it's been so long my you know my goat don't fall off so it's like yeah i gotta i gotta count the years hold on give me a second this this is uh yeah now nah, this is take take care of thank me later drake right here this is this is 2010 2011 drake talking about oh i could have put you in the song for the world to sing along like come on now like who else can say that but drake like come on man anyways um so yeah side tangent you know if my parents listening you know what i mean just know i'm going over the specific term for female dog hopefully they don't kill me yeah uh, if y'all clip this and send it to them which you know what i mean if y'all do hey y'all better y'all better keep the full context <laughs> 
uh, uh, anyways, all right, let's keep going. All right, so tried our best. Is that what we was at? No, we wasn't. Drew a Picasso. Oh, here we go. Okay. So basically, uh, let's get into members only, right? Featuring party next door. Members only is my personal favorite, right? I don't think it's like anything better than like it should be because for me, I have certain tracks that I enjoy, right? And then for other people, they have tracks they enjoy. Personally, I gravitate towards members only simply because I like when Drake and Party Next Door get on a track and just go crazy. And the last time they went crazy, I'm gonna keep bringing this album up because this was also a classic that a lot of people hated on. But Scorpion was another album where they came on and just went absolutely crazy. I don't know, I'm tripping. That was that was a uh, Todd Dollar sign. I'm talking about uh, the track After Dark. That's kind of how this track gave me. Like as far as a certain vibe that was just straight uh singing and and basically trying to trying to um court the your significant other you know whether which way you swing or if you swing both ways you know uh, to each its own but whenever you're trying to court your significant other you know i feel like this is the type of track that would will, will come on you know just like after dark by drake and ty dollar sign on scorpion it's just that type of feel where it's like bro like when Drake and Party Next Door be making these tracks in the studio, like, do they have, like, girls to, like, be the A&R for these tracks? Like, I, I just gotta know. Like, ain't no way they be in the track, uh, be in a uh, studio saying, like, hey, but what would you say to a girl? I'll say this, this, and this. What would you say to a girl? I'll say this, and, th and then again, the studio don't do it. Like, ain't no way, bro. They gotta have girls helping them out or something. Because, you know, if they don't, may have to bring up that that uh, Charlemagne line again when he said this gay, this straight, and this Drake. Anyway, so that's how I feel about that track, man. It's my personal favorite. With that being said, let's get to track number 15. So, track number 15 is What Would Pluto Do? What is this? Oh, yeah, this is more up-tempo one. Okay, so What Would Pluto Do is, is literally Yachty, right? There's like Yachty's influence all over this track. But with that being said, it's fire. Like, a lot of people critique yadi for helping out on drake albums but the the ones that he obviously has a hand in like whether when drake's using his background vocals or when he's actually on the track like later on in this project i think it's straight fire like daylight i thought was fire what would pluto do is straight fire like um yadi really helps out drake in the studio and that still co-aligns with my point where Drake trying to attach himself to the youth. Cause I don't know if Drake had a Saha the Prince right for him like Kanye West does. Um, I don't know if it'll be that same um receptiveness to the material. Cause you look at Yachty, you look at the younger sound, and now you don't look at, at Drake like a 36, 37 year old. You look at Drake like a younger artist in terms of sound, because he's sounding because his sound is being um, inspired by a younger artist. So now you're like, well, Drake is keeping up with the times rather than Drake is, st is stuck in his ways. Like, which narrative do you think Drake will want? Stuck in his ways or keeping up and adapting to the times? Which narrative do you think Drake wants? <laughs> like, obviously, at the beginning of this review, with me literally showing you my case of him using 
the rollout against old heads as promotion for for all the dogs that's the type of you already know what type of direction he chose right so uh what would pluto do is straight fire up tempo uh yadi had a great hand in this track and um was there something he said in this track it's one of these yadi tracks that i really i really gotta point this out because it's oh this is this this is it right here Nah, this is the track okay let me tell y'all something now i told y'all how i felt felt about x right it's the same way i felt or i feel about this bar right here and i'm not gonna say like why because it, it, it will go into a very morbid and dark territory you know on some piece of gate type beat you know and i'm not gonna go there because it's not one of them type podcasts but all i'm gonna say is this is probably the darkest double triple entendre i've ever heard from drake like in all actuality he could have chose a, a better a better bar right and okay I'm, I'm gonna stop beating around the bush so basically let me find it where is this at this man said okay so he's playing off a joke hopes and coach right he says swear i want to tear swear i want to tear you out i can't talk swear i want to tear your box out like a coach talking about a woman right get inside and bend a dick just like the pope because if you don't know the pope to bend a dick but also i'm not going to explain it but y'all know what i'm talking about this is the the darkest triple and double entendre i've ever heard from drake and i'm gonna leave it at that because we may have kids listening and hey that that's why i'm a, that's why i pointed that out in in general because we not we not condoning that no siree that 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 is not gonna fly that's why i pointed it out and that was the only reason not to say it was a fire bar i'm basically pointing that out to say drake shame on you I know what type of double entendre he was going for. And don't think he'd be like, oh, that was just coincidence. Nah, the same guy who made, oh, she a stallion. She got shots uh, to be a stallion. I forget what she said. She lied, she lied by getting shots, but she's still a stallion. She don't even get the joke, but she's still smiling. Like, he, obviously, that was a playoff of making the stallion getting shot, which is horrendous, right? Th this is another one of those bars. Drake, you got to stop doing that because we catch him. It's not, you're not slick. You're not subtle. It's not none of that. Stop, stop with the Benedict jokes with the Pope. Get behind you. That that's not it. It's not it. That's all I'm gonna say. It's not it. I don't play with that kid stuff, man. That's not. That's not it. All right. Anyways, um, what else? Um, track number sixteen. All right, let's get more into lighthearted. All right, <laughs> yeah, that was I was I was serious about that. I don't like that. Um, track number uh, sixteen, all the parties featuring Chief Keith. Now, this is another one of those where it's my personal favorites, but it's not really um a straight up banger off of the album, if that makes sense. It's my personal favorite, but for other people, I understand if it's not. All the parties with Drake and Chief Keith for me is like one of my more enjoyable tracks because I really do feel like Drake and Chief Keith on the same track should not sound like this. Like the way it sounds is very catchy, replayable. Like if you listen to any Chief Keith music, obviously he has the slaps, but for the most part, there's a lot of subpar Chief Keith music. A lot of it. And he's really more known for his cultural impact than his actual quality as far as a body of work not his top hits his body of work so when he gets with drake 
I'm surprised the track turned out like this, which is why it's one of my personal favorites. And I think Drake did a great job. Once again, Benny X is on is producing this track. So um, I think this is just a great direction with uh, Drake and, and Chief Keef over it. So with that being said, let's get into... I already covered this, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, 8 a.m. in Charlotte is why I think this album is a classic, right? He has another track like this on the at the bottom of the album. I haven't got to it yet. But having both of these showcase to me that he can still rap like this. He still is one of the greatest rappers ever. And he is the greatest hip-hop artist ever. So rapper and artist is different for me. Like, I don't have them in the same boat. But I will say that Drake is one of those where... He can rap when he wants to, make catchy melodies when he wants to, sing in Spanish when he wants to, which we'll get to that track. But basically, this cemented to me that this album is a top three album in Drake's discography because it's like, how much can you ask for from one man? He's giving you lyrical bars. He's giving you youthful bars with, with not as much lyricism, but a lot of replayability in it. He's giving you... Uh, uh, slow down R&B tempos with with uh, tried our best and the the track with SZA of course he's giving you okay I haven't got to it yet but he switched up the genre I'm gonna get to that in a second but so focusing on this this was cemented the album for me because I need these to say it's a top three Drake album like if you're not showcasing on more than two plus occasions that you're still one of the greatest rappers that's touched the mic pause if needed <laughs> then i can't put your album up there so for this to be on here that's why i think that um as a body of work for all the dogs is one of drake's best albums ever all right with that being said let's get into track number oh 18 <laughs> i ain't gonna lie this this is the funniest title i think drake's like bbl love is is such a drake title i'm not gonna lie like it's just so many things it's like drake plays into the oh drake's the type of person that would close the door with his hips right he's the type of person that would title a track bbl love and look here it is for the world to see track number 18 bbl love and in parentheses it says interlude i literally think it just should have said track phenomenal track very slowed down drake singing his heart out i mean he is singing on this track he's like can you feel it can you feel it repeating that over and over and over like i'm like bro if that ain't a drake thing to say i don't know what is and then also he was like um they say love like a bbl you won't know if it's real until you feel one i'm just gonna leave you with that 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 track is phenomenal that that is that is one of them that's one of them overall excellent masterclass performances of how a drake track should sound and it, it's just straight fire all right, let's get into Gently. Now, not gonna lie, after listening to Drake and Bad Bunny once with M.I.A., it really turned me away from this track. Simply, simply because I knew what they could achieve, and with Gently, it was not even close to M.I.A. Now, I know you shouldn't, like, compare each and every collab to the other one, but um, I did. And I will continue to do so. <laughs> so, yeah, Drake and Bad Bunny could have came way harder. I think it's oh, pause, but it's more of like um, it's more of a structure than a performance base. I think Drake gave a great performance. I think Bad Bunny gave a great performance. There's no chorus. Where's the chorus? Like just because it's two 
humongous names on the same track doesn't mean it's gonna blow up i mean just look at the the weekend and, and post malone track that damn that came and went and that's the weekend and post malone on the same track like where's the chorus for gently like it's it's not it i don't care if there's a beat switch there needs to be a chorus like i even even the greatest of the greats still needs to follow the formula of a song structure and that's how I feel with Gently. So I think it's one of the lesser, quality wise, it's one of the lesser tracks on, on the album. But I still think it's solid, of course. Any When I talk about the greatest album in Drake's discography, just think none of these tracks are bad. None of them. It's just things they could change. So Gently is just uh, subpar. It's, it's, it's one of the more subpar tracks on the album. All right. So then we have track number 20, Rich Baby Daddy. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you read that and heard that correctly. Rich Baby Daddy, <laughs> Rich Baby Daddy, featuring Sexy Red and SZA. It it reads like it sounds, and it will probably sound like you just heard because Rich Baby Daddy is filled with ignorant bars, and I like the way it flows because it's a pretty solid track. It's, it's very solid, but. The way that Drake uses Sexy Red as a, as a as a sample makes her, I don't know how they mix and master it, but they made Sexy Red sound like a sample and made it more of a Drake and Scissor track. Drake come, comes on, gives catchy club type bars. Like if this played at the club, you, you know who's going to be going. Like it's, it's going to be a lot of, it's a lot. And they're going to be going crazy to this track. So I think it set out, or it did what it set out to do. SZA came on in a, in a unique flow that I did not think that she would be um, comfortable in as far as the pocket. And she killed her verse. Drake killed his verse. And there's a reason why they literally cut Sexy Red's verse in half. They used it as a sample and then it got her up out of there. Like she barely had a verse on this album. I mean, on this track. So I think it... Uh, did what it what it uh set out to do which would be that club anthem for um a particular audience so that being said because you already know what type of demographic uh drake was going for putting sexy red on track so anyways um another late night featuring yachty this was fire this was actually fire and yachty did not i mean obviously it's not it's one of my lesser tracks on the album because yachty's on it like just off the bat like Yanni's actual vocals on the track, nah. That's like, that, that honestly, this may be my my least favorite track off the album, simply because Yadi's on it. I ain't gonna lie, sonically, like I just can't deal with Yadi. I, I it's, like this man was saying clever bars, right? Like, um, what did he say about Bobby? He said, "I'm trying to see if I can find it." He said that Billy Eilish bar was was uh, interesting. Was he shooting his shot? Seemed like it. I'm trying to find it. it was like he said he boosted a white girl up, but uh, oh here he is. Uh, boost a white expletive up, and now she thinks she's really popping. So that was it. I mean, that, yeah, that was it. It's, it's not really too much you can get into a Yachty verse, but sonically, just one of the worst tracks simply because Yachty is on it. I'm sorry, but Drake. You can use Yachty all you want as background vocals and inspiration for your tracks, but putting him on the track automatically for me as a person who despises the way that Yachty sounds, I can't listen to it. So another late night is probably my least favorite track off the album. With that being said, uh, track number 22, 
Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is it. This is what cemented for me that this was a top three album in Drake's discography. A lot of people are like, well, Drake needs to grow up. Drake Drake needs to stop hanging out with 25-year-olds on some Joe Budden type beat. Meanwhile, this man literally rapping his his uh whole like is very introspective and reflective on this entire track. Like, this is my favorite track off of the album quality wise quality wise away from home is my favorite track off the album because he's getting into the aspects of why i like listening to rap somebody taking their unique life experiences and putting them into music for the world to hear and replay this man was given so many personal innuendo well not innuendos but personal perspective into his life that we would have never gotten if it wasn't for this track that's why when drake no, when academics got mad at Yachty for basically saying that Drake doesn't have some of his all-time verses on For All the Dogs, academics is wrong. Like, this is one of Drake's all-time verses on Away From Home. Like, it doesn't get more all-time than talking about your personal life experiences in an entire track for three verses. Like, it's not one of them where it's just like, oh, it's cool, I guess. This man is really getting into his life in a catchy beat and a catchy melody in a way that he's really rapping but also keeping you engaged not just some boom bat type beat you know he's also talking about stuff in this world like i can go anywhere like he was he said i remember fighting over monica with jason i remember only knowing andre and jason i remember buying all the iceberg from jason that's three different jasons my life like the matrix even got on 106 and park with replacement my mama was my manager my uncle was my agent dr drell sent a Exit of home that took patience four grammys to my name 100 nominations come on man one of drake one of drake's best verses ever and then after this track i was like okay yeah it's it's one of uh this is one of drake's greatest albums ever like after 8 a.m i was like okay he's rapping rapping but then after this track where he gave us a whole new perspective into his reception or no his reflection on his life it's like okay well that's it like that reminds me of i'm gonna keep bringing this album up because this is what i compare it to this reminds me of when drake was rapping on march 4th uh march 14th on scorpion that's what this reminded me as far as the amount of reflection he did on his life and one of the biggest things that showed me he, it wasn't just fluff like he was actually giving his uh honest personal reflection of himself is when he said um let me see here here it is right here this is why I knew oh, this, this is a top tier Drake verse, this, which is why I understood why Yachty said that. He said, and, and remind you, nobody has talked about Away From Home. Nobody. And I'm like, bro, as an artist, that has to be frustrating. This man put his heart and soul, personal experiences, everything you would want from a real rapper into an entire body of work, sticking to one subject, which is reflection on his life. And everybody's just talking about, oh, um, what are, are they focus on with the album? I don't think they're even pinpointing. Oh, they're pinpointing the um the gently track, which is granted, but still, like nobody's talking about away from home. Why is that? Everybody wants Drake to rap, and they're just disregarding the the biggest rap track on the on the album. So Drake said, "To keep it real, I wasn't really gangster till now." When has Drake ever said that? When has Drake ever said he wasn't gangster till now? He's always been, "I'm the big bad gangster." I mean, ever since let me see when did he start really rapping gangster. Ever since he made that mixtape with uh, Future, if you're reading this, no, no, no. Ever since he made that mixtape with Future, What a Time to Be Alive, he's been putting those gangster innuendos in there. So, 
he been acting like he's gangster. This is the first time we ever heard him say, I'm not really gangster until now. Like now, I would believe him because, you know, he has enough money to be gangster if you know how that works. <laughs> so, but basically he keeps it real in this track. Literally, he says, to keep it real, I wasn't really gangster till now. I was living on a cloud. I was quiet as a mouse. I was in the club getting lost in the crowd. Wasn't doing what I wasn't doing what I wanted to. I do what was allowed. If that's not introspective bars, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what people are looking for. He gave you hits, gave you rap, personal reflections to his life on this track and 8 a.m. in Charlotte. It's like, I don't understand, man. I don't like if I was a rapper, I'd be like, I'd be perplexed. I'd be like, dang, well, no wonder he's going off on everybody. Like, like at this point, like what, what more can I do? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Tyrese. Like what more do they want from me? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's tough uh, you could go anywhere in this track and it's just personal personal statements like i remember driving holland tunnel for a label meeting thinking about more cake than a funnel i remember now these people don't remember i know neeks remember i know jay remember chubbs will make them boys remember dead broke splitting pennies with my members forget a spread we were splitting chicken come on bro come on man Remember I was sleeping in the basement, watching Tigger in the basement. I was trying to get a placement. I remember days in the East with the bros, watching Tristan and DeVoe while they running up the... Yeah, people hating. I, I ain't gonna lie, like, music is subjective, but it's like, bro, he's literally putting personal reflective stuff into this track. And I think, because, you know, everybody's talking about the J. Cole track and the Yeet track. The Yeet track is the one that does it for me. That one that's blowing up, and away from homes not even getting talked about no wonder drake's like hanging out with y'all and stuff like that like y'all want to pay attention to the real bars i ain't heard nobody i ain't heard charlemagne uh academics uh joe budden and not like they supposed to but it's like especially joe budden as a rapper nobody's gonna talk about away from home nobody's gonna bring up away from home like you would have thought this track didn't even exist on the album that's what I was like, bro. Like when I get my review, I have to, I have to like stay on this track because this track is not getting the love it deserves. This is by far the best track on the album as far as quality, quality level. Sticking to the subject matter for the entire track, which shouldn't be a point, but nowadays it is because everybody talking about spinning the block and that nothing reflective on their life. It's uh, it's just apparent that people gravitate more uh, more towards the popcorn bars than they do to real quality bars which is why it makes sense why there's not too many of these there's away from home adm and charlotte and if i was to go back i don't know the other one let me see was there another one he was rapping i think that was basically it yeah so there's only two on him uh, on here out of 23 tracks for a reason because everybody wants to focus on just the popcorn lyrics rather than the greatest track on the album in my opinion obviously i gotta say that which is away from home So yeah, <clears throat> I think that's uh, probably very discouraging for Drake. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, you even look at the numbers, 119, all these other ones are way above that. I mean, Try Our Best isn't, uh, which is surprising, but every everything is way above uh, BBL. The interlude isn't, you know, but that's it. It's the interlude. So anyways, let's get into the last track of the album. I think after he got his bars off, his personal reflective, you know, stuff off, gave people what they supposedly wanted and him rapping, 
he he finished it off in a way that I believe he wanted to, which is singing about a a female dog. It's called for all the dogs. Which if I have to reiterate, actually. I ain't gonna say it too much because I don't want my parents to be like, hey man, why you cussing on, you know, it's supposed to be a PG podcast and I ain't gonna lie to you. Technically, it's still a PG podcast. I was just letting y'all know the correct name for a female dog and veterinarians use it all the time without batting an eye. So, hey, <laughs> but anyways, uh, this is why Drake finally reveals on the last track of the album, which is why it's like the whole album is so cohesive to the point it's like, dang, like this is a great and amazing body of work. At the end, he's like, um, he says it right here. I don't know if he puts it in the chorus or not. I don't think he puts it in the chorus. I think he puts it in the verse. Uh. Oh, no, I'm tripping. I don't even think he says it on this track. He says it on the track with Yachty. I'm tripping. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, my fault. I missed that one. So not the last track, but the third, yeah, third, the last track. He says it right. I think he says that in the chorus. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, here we go. He says another late, another late night with my B word, right? He said, I hate to even call her the B word because it make no sense. So just another late night with my dog. Another late night for my B word. Another late night with my dog. Basically putting the two and two together that for all the dogs is for all the and ladies ladies and gentlemen that's my review i'm ending it off right there because i've been going for a minute and as y'all know i'm a huge drake stand and i think i've really encaptivated everything in this album i mean obviously the stuff i probably miss you know i can't i can't touch on everything but i just want y'all i wanted to give y'all my opinion on the album in a thorough way and I think one hour and 45 minutes of, of straight Drake talk is enough to keep y'all satisfied. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my overall thoughts, if I had to get my top five, it's uh, number one. Okay, if I'm going from a quality standpoint and not just personal bias, because if personal bias, I'll put Drake and Chief Keefe up there. But as far as quality standpoint, I would say away from home, away from home number one, I would say tried our best number two. No, 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 no. Away from home number one. Fear of heights number two. Tried our best number three. Uh, first person shooter. Actually, I don't know, bro. I'm not a Jermaine fan, and that's just him going off. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Uh, y'all, y'all gonna call me a hater. I can't do it. So I'm going to go 8 a.m. in Charlotte, number four. And then. Let me see. I want to go Virginia Beach or Daylight for number five. I may say Virginia Beach because I do like the way he started off the album. I think it was phenomenal. So I'm going to go Virginia Beach, number five. So to reiterate my top five for this album, I'm going to say number one, Away From Home. Number two is uh i forgot my list already number two is fear of heights number three is tried our best number four is 8 a.m in charlotte and number five is virginia beach and with that being said that is my review for drake oh and also as far as the landscape of drake albums i know a lot of 
I know a lot of people is probably like, bro, ain't no way you're going to say it's a top three Drake album and not give you your list. So I was going over it, right? And yeah, my list right now. So Drake fans, get ready to kill me because I'm giving you my top five list. Number one, as far as like best Drake albums, I'm going to say Take Care. Number two, I would say Nothing Was The Same. Number three, I would say Scorpion. And then number four, I would say For All The Dogs. And then number five, I would say, I would say views. Yeah, that's my rankings. And at the end of the day, everybody is entitled to their opinion. <laughs> After all that being said, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. So with that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about my review of Drake's latest album for all the dogs? Do you think it was fire? Do you think it was trash? And also... What do you think I didn't touch on, pause, that you would like me to uh, talk about regarding the album? Make sure to click my link tree in my bio, you know, message me on one of my social medias directly and ask me about it and I'll make sure to answer it. And um, yeah, with that being said, Drake is obviously still the GOAT and still the greatest of all time when it comes to hip hop. If there's one thing about Spotify is that they are going to innovate by any means necessary with that being said this may not be the most innovative factor in spotify but just because they're implementing it i have to give them kudos because who would have thunk during a recession all of the biggest corporations in the world would raise their subscription prices now all of my nine to five workers probably felt that to their soul so with that being said spotify is trying to give you another reason why you should not cancel the subscription even though they're raising the prices with a whole new spotify jam which is a social listening feature introduced by spotify of course which allows up to up to 32 spotify users to participate in real-time listening sessions together so imagine you was in a place you know in a party or whatever and you're like hey y'all get to pick the jam y'all get to uh obviously you can edit who can control what goes next or whatever but people can like suggest songs and you can put them on a playlist so for every dj in the world this is a pretty um user-friendly feature that really helps you receive engagement that lets you know what your uh part uh, your people in the party want to hear right for the people in the party this is the easiest way and the easiest feature that lets you know what they want to hear so basically they can add songs to the shared playlist queue and receive music recommendations based on their tastes and the feature is available both on free and premium spotify account holders so only Spotify premium subscribers can start and invite others to a jam session because nobody wants to start up a Spotify jam session and then the ads start playing for 35 minutes, right? Because if you have premium, then you don't even get ads. Or if you do, you can press a little skip button, <laughs> skip right past the ad as far as like a podcast or whatever. So um, premium subscribers can only start and invite others to jam sessions and hosts can manage the jam, control the track order, and remove songs. And also premium subscribers can start a jam by clicking the speaker icon or the three dot menu within a playlist and select start a jam. 
And there are multiple ways to invite others to jam, including Bluetooth pairing, QR codes, direct links, and shared Wi-Fi connections. Also, Spotify Jam is similar to a third-party service, but offers a native collaborative listening experience. So like I said, if you're at a party, you want to hear what others want to, you want to get suggestions or what others want to hear throughout the party, Spotify has made it super easy for you and Spotify Jam. I know this sounds like an ad, but I swear it's not. It's just one of those features that I feel like has to be highlighted because if they're going to raise the subscription prices and we're going to highlight that, we might as well add or we might as well highlight the additions of features that they're bringing with the raise or the rise of subscription prices, right? So this feature is already out on all DS, well, not DSPs, uh, Spotify is already out on Spotify and jam sessions are currently controlled by the host, but all users can contribute to the playlist and participate. participants can see each other's usernames, profile photos, and suggested songs. So if y'all trying to, you know, flirt with the DJ or whatever, then y'all profile picture looking crazy y'all may want to change that you know what i'm saying i'm just letting y'all know like for my djs out there you may let them know that if you see the profile picture and it's, and it's looking like uh like the cookie monster off of sesame street you know he may not play your track you know i'm sorry but that's the only example i can come up with <laughs> so uh with that being said uh, spotify jam is currently available on mobile app and requires the app update if you haven't updated it and then that's basically a, a pretty informative segment a uh, straightforward segment giving you information on how Spotify Jam is now the newest addition to Spotify, which lets others um, suggest music and all y'all can have, well, up to 32 Spotify users can participate in the uh, real-time listening sessions together. So that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Spotify's new social feature, Spotify Jam? And where do you think this would be what situation do you think this feature will benefit the most? I blame everybody who keeps saying or was saying previously, because I don't really see too many comments like that anymore. But the people who were saying, I cannot believe that Twitter is free. Because guess what? Elon Musk took over. And now, not only does he attend, intend to make it a monthly subscription type platform but he's also implementing certain things behind a paywall to premium to subscribers right so he's gonna keep implementing certain things that makes people more enticed to pay for twitter before ultimately moving to a subscription model so enjoy twitter for free while it lasts because it's not gonna last too long but besides that Elon Musk now plans to remove likes and comments from the X homepage, but we're not even talking about that, right? Because that's some Kanye West type B. He been said that about like Instagram, like why why is likes on there? It's only meant to make people more depressed and compare, which, you know, he, he really does have a point with that, honestly. That's why I think Instagram made it a feature to where you can turn off your likes, which I think that's the most, for people who can't get off the internet, I think that's the most, uh, that's a mental health type of, change to the platform i know y'all gonna think oh what you mean mental health I'm, I'm being so serious some people comparison is like the thief of joy right not like comparison is the thief of joy look at somebody who has like a bunch of likes and you don't have as many likes you would think that person's better than you when all actuality is just a social media platform doesn't affect real life 
So with that being said, um, X also, which is what this segment is about, is working on new features related to gaming, which is why I'm covering this, including gaming or game streaming. So Elon Musk has started tests on X, formerly known as Twitter. I love how they have that tag. Streaming service with uh, Diablo 4. So PS5, Xbox Series X and S will be able to stream to X, providing a new way for influencers and users to broadcast live from their gaming machines. The release date for this feature, of course, is uncertain, probably will be behind a paywall. Well, most likely would definitely behind, uh, be behind a paywall. But the target for this, right, the goal of this is so that other streaming platforms like Twitch and YouTube will have a competitor so people who stream on twitch and youtube will more more than likely come to twitter to stream other than twitch and youtube that is elon musk ultimate goal so with that he has ambitions to transform x into an everything app similar to china's wechat incorporating various functions and services X has already obtained money transmitting, licensing in multiple U.S. states. So he's trying to turn X into like a cash app to where you could put your money in and out of it. And I don't know if he wants to turn it into some type of investing platform. But hey, I'm just letting y'all know what I've been reading on a different well, a plethora of articles. So best believe this is not coming from an uninformed place. So let's keep going. X's CEO, Linda Yacarino, I think Yacarino, I don't know how to say that, uh, envisions it as a platform for ultimate interactivity centered around audio, video, messaging, payments, and banking powered by AI. So when they're talking about an everything app, they really mean everything, which is why they try to change, well, not try, they changed the name from Twitter to X because they wanted to encaptivate everything. With that being said, um, Twitter did have a video streaming feature called Periscope, but it was shut down in March 2021. And Elon Musk briefly tested out the dormant Periscope feature in May 2023 with low quality resolution. So basically, the release date for this feature of X is, is still in the works and Elon Musk is, is still testing out stuff, which is why he was streaming himself doing Diablo, uh, playing Diablo 4, amongst other things. So at the end of the day, this man is still messing around with the X app. And there's a reason for it, because if you look at it, it's a very, very important app in today's society when it comes to news, right? I believe news breaks the fastest on X. Every time, I mean, I have notifications on all social media, well, not all, but like most of the important ones. And for X, news comes to me way faster than any other platform. So it makes sense why he's doing this and why he's going in the uh, monthly subscription model. Do I like it as a consumer? Of course not. But I can see why he's making these changes. And for my gamers out there, just know or get ready for X to eventually have a feature related to YouTube or Twitch when it comes to game streaming. With that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Elon Musk completely taking over Twitter, changing it to X, changing it to a, a money uh, transmitting uh, platform, changing it to a live streaming platform? What do you think of it trying to, or him trying to change it into an everything app, quote unquote? And do you agree with Elon Musk's strategy for X? formerly known as Twitter.
getting into the overview of the pod for episode 130 of course drake versus hip-hop media was the overview of the top of the episode but for the first topic we got into nba 2k24 and kind of talked about how it's one of the worst uh, rated games on stream ever well not stream steam it's one of the worst rated games on steam ever and got into the um intricacies of reviews i looked at some personal public reviews and kind of just talked about 2k uh, nba 2k24 as a whole and it was more it was more of a um a dialogue than just a straight bashing nba 2k24 because i still think it's a great franchise but at the end of the day it does have its faults then we transition into assassin's creed mirage talked about how that game is the epitome of what assassin's creed fans want a shorter game with more quality right because they was making a bigger game with lesser quality side quests that was all over the map and basically was just a waste of time so assassin creed mirage is more of a condensed version of what assassin creed fans want then we got into lies of p i kind of talked about everything you need to know about lies of p some of the ins and outs of it and why i believe is is being received the way it is by gamers as far as being a, a phenomenal game from what i've heard i didn't play it of course i wasn't able to give my personal opinions but we did go over critics review roundup and i got into the overall aspect of the game and kind of just well basically everything you need to know about lots of p then we got to i'm, I'm being dramatic i, I don't care spider-man 2 which is going to be the greatest game of all time Y'all know Spider-Man is my favorite fictional creation of all time with them coming out with the video game titled Spider-Man 2, which is a addition or no, a sequel to the original Spider-Man PS4 that I, to this day, believe is by far the best Spider-Man game ever made and the best Spider-Man rendition we've ever received. I don't care. MCU, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, none of the stories of Spider-Man has been told better than insomnia what insomniac is doing right now so when spider-man 2 comes out let's just let's just say it's going to be egregious levels of sweating going on and no lifing because <laughs> i'm going to beat that game so obviously and i'm gonna beat that game over and over and over y'all y'all get the point right spider-man 2 is one of my most anticipated games of all time as a gamer then and only then that i get into the goat the mascot of hip-hop and just the overall embodiment of what a successful hip-hop rapper looks like as drake is one of the greatest of all time in the music industry but when it comes to hip-hop he's by far the, by far away and away the goat so with that i got to his album i really broke down his rollout for the album and what i thought he was trying to well no not i think i really do feel like i pinpointed his marketing strategy for for all the dogs so you have to listen to that thing entirely if you missed it and um i believe that drake successfully completed his mission for his rollout which was going against old head hip-hop media so with that being said i laid out my case for that and then i got into my review of drake's album for all the dogs kind of talked about every single track got into how i felt about it and just um how my feelings were towards that project and i think you'll be surprised on how how much i was into this project then we got into Spotify, talked about how they have a new feature called Spotify Jam, which could be 
every DJ's best friend if does if done right. But of course, you'll have to have that Spotify premium. So even though they're raising subscription prices, they still want you to uh they still want you to pay that as the highness these additions behind the paywall. So with that being said, Spotify has introduced a new feature called Spotify Jam, where users can collectively control the playlist they are listening to. And with that being said, hopefully the DJs out there take advantage of that feature. Then we ended the episode 130 with Twitter versus Twitch as Elon Musk is trying to turn Twitter, well, X, formerly known as Twitter, into a everything platform. And that has now been um, a company with them trying to make X a, a video game live streaming platform. So that was about it for episode 130, Drake versus Hip Hop Media. Uh, thank you for everybody who tuned who tune in to the Notorious Mass Effect podcast, either after it was uploaded or for my people tuning in live. I appreciate y'all. Uh, for my people over at Wisdom, Kick, and YouTube, appreciate all y'all for tuning in live or after the fact. And of course, don't be afraid to send me a message or an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in the next episode. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the bottom. Make sure to change that again. Bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars on whatever platform you are currently listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect.